Welcome in. It is episode number. Oh my God, we're right on it. Episode number ninety-nine. What are we calling this? The AJ Francis edition. Of course, we're effing calling it the AJ Francis edition of jobbing out. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster, the Baltimore Sun, and Rolling Stone, and of course, the main event. Vince. 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 AJ Francis Vince. of the Washington Redskins. Wait, is, so is it? Is it ninety-nine? Am I right about that? Is it ninety-eight? Yeah, it is. Is this 99? It's 99. It's 99. I don't know why I had my math wrong on this. So we're doing, we're doing our party, and it'll be episode 103 Something at like that, that point. Yes. Okay. All right. Fair enough. The moral of the story is that we still need you to get uh, let us know if you're coming out yes. for our party, which we announced last week will be on the 26th of February. Correct. That's the date. Or is that the? Hang on. Oh no, it's the 28th. 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 28th of February. Is the date for our hundredth episode celebration? Please message us, jobbingoutshow at gmail.com. Let us know if you, either way, either let us know that you're definitely coming, or say I'm think we just need to have an idea, feel for what type of crowd we might have, and whether or not we need to move it, whether or not we need to go somewhere else. Just please message us and say thinking about coming out, definitely coming out. Whatever's going on with you, if there's even a possibility that you're coming, message us and let us know so that we can make some plans around that. Again, this time, costumes. Costumes is the word. We're doing costumes this time. All right. All right. Guess who? I, guess who I'm going to come dressed as? Who? 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 Oh man, that's it's not bad. It's not bad. I, I was thinking you were going to uh, dress as one of the boys. Ooh, speaking of which, we got a great guest coming up a little bit later on in the show. We got uh potential future Ring of Honor world champion. Dalton. Better be. He better be. Look, I like Adam Cole too. So like, you know, this is Adam Cole's had his time. <laughs> we we, we want we want the time, the the reign of the Peacocks. Dalton Castle is going to join us a little bit later on in the show. I think we're also going to hear from I had a chance this week to chat with uh He Hate Me Rod Smart. And with the uh, XFL documentary hitting uh, this weekend, I think we're going to get that in this week's show as well. So a lot coming up in the program, but please, please, please let us know. I, th- it's too, I feel like it's too obvious for me to, like, go as Kevin Owens, right? Like, I would just have to get a beard, you know. Like, I, I think, like, every chubby guy that's a wrestling fan wants to go as Kevin Owens right now. So i got to come up with something a little bit more clever than that for uh, my costume for our celebration. But Bastion we'll... Booger. Who? Bastion Booger. Oh, God. It's not a bad one. It's not a bad one. Um, who are you going? Shane McMahon? Is that who you're going as just because? Well, I was thinking, I'll, I'll tell you off the air. Right. It's one to be a surprise. All right. Fair enough. There we go. A lot to do. Um, we're going to do one really long segment here because I don't know how long we're going to have AJ this week because he's got some stuff that he's got to do. So we're going to try to knock out as much of the fallout from the Rumble as we can. And there is so much to discuss, some more news that's come out this week, and uh, obviously some big things that happen on TV as well. Aaron, let's start. We have to go over and recap the results of our picks for Royal Rumble and NXT TakeOver. And God damn it, if I wasn't just a little too aggressive with my TakeOver picks. Yeah, you were, that, that's what caught me. I was up. fine on, for the Rumble. You're, I was totally you're, fine. You were great on the roll. Here's, here's what it came down to. If you were following the uh, Jobbing Out Twitter account after NXT, I had said, man, I can see a definite way that everybody ends up in a tie at the end of this. Uh, I ended up 4-1, and one, AJ and Miggs 3-2, and two, Glenn, you were 2-3. and three. I was, I, whatever. Yes, yes, you, you got aggressive. Yes. And what ha- what I thought could happen did end up happening. The, the faces won for the six women tag, uh, KO won. And then none of us got the rumble right, which meant that all of us were 9-4. and four. 
but we did have that, not a tiebreaker, but the bonus point. Yep. Which came down to uh, how many surprise entrants there were. Well, the answer was zero. There were no surprise well, entrants. Well, no surprise None. surprise Not entrance. a surprise entrant to be had. Yes. But unannounced entrance. Yes. Um, Migs, one of eight, correct? Yeah, I knew Migs had struggled. Yeah, Migs went out on a limb with uh, Evan Bourne and De- Daniel Bryan and some of these other guys. Yes. Um, AJ, three, and you got Reigns, you got Enzo, you got uh, Ty Dillinger, pretty good. Uh, I got four. I had uh, Ellsworth, I had Cruz, I had Gallagher, I had Dillinger, and Glenn had three, which gave me the bonus point. Which means I had ten points, and the rest of you had nine points. Which means that because we said loser and ties, means that it'd be so easy to just stick this on Migs and say, right, like he got the least of all you of the. What the worst part about this is, is that I had Mark Henry wrote on my list. I had nine people wrote, and instead of saying Mark Henry, is I said Triple H, mm. and I'm such an idiot for doing that. Well, well, yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> so are the rest of us. I mean, I I was really confident about Kane. Like, I knew that was going to be the one, and I didn't think yeah, about Mark. I, when you said Kane, I was like, oh, shit. Right. Yeah. That's, he's definitely going to be in the Rumble, yeah. right? Well, they just had Black Kane instead <laughs> right. to show up for the Rumble. Um, so, yeah, so the three of us all have to perform Like a Prayer by Madonna uh, live somehow. I thought about doing it part of, as part of our recording, but because AJ's got to duck out early, I, we'll figure out an appropriate time, but we have to do it live either on Facebook Live or Periscope, wherever we want to do it. We have to perform Like a Prayer by Madonna live. And then I think we have to post it for it to be seen. Yes. Like, it has to live in perpetuity beyond just being uh, alive at that point. So yes. we all have to find appropriate times to do that in the coming weeks. Migs, you too. You too. But Migs is the one that will do it the quickest because Migs loves this. Right. Like, Migs is way better at this stuff. And he'll somehow get, like, retweeted by Madonna. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, Madonna will retweet Migs. And then, like, the two of us, like, assholes will just do it and, like, two people will see it and nobody will care. Whereas Migs will just soak up all of the attention dollars that he can possibly get. I, I think Migs, after what he was saying about uh, the song last last week, I bet you he's excited. Oh, to get I have no thing. doubt. I have no doubt about that. All right. So that's that. Um God, I- Aaron so much. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Aaron's the fucking worst. He's such a piece of shit. Um, okay. So, there's a lot to touch on. Let's start, I think, with the biggest... The Look, Randy Orton wins the Royal Rumble, and so technically that's the biggest story, right? Like, because Randy Orton won the Royal Rumble, and it was the Royal Rumble. Obviously, the conversation in the aftermath of the Royal Rumble, and the first thing that I think we need to address, is the Roman Reigns thing. Um, and that is the fact that Roman Reigns... Because he lost twice? Well, there is that, that yes. Roman Reigns... That, lost that twice. Sim- Everyone who was begging for him to lose. Samoan Cena, Samoan Cena lost, lost twice in one night, which is which is nuts. Um, we've seen... Everybody's seen the video of the reactions to Roman Reigns being the 30th entrant to the Royal Rumble. I, but first of all, thanks to everybody who came out uh, to Jimmy's Famous Seafood on Saturday or Sunday night, I could not I have had... Too. Dude, it, um, well, there's the thing. We were in great shape, and then we were a little too aggressive. I can give you the final question. The final question of the night was, um, rank these four in total time spent in the Rumble in their careers. Um, and the four were, oh, God, i got to remember this right. It was, it was uh, Kane, Triple H, Big Show, and... Oh, God damn it. Stone Cold. Well, well H is also H is H number H one. No. Yes. 
uh, then I'm thinking of something else. Maybe the total number of people eliminated, maybe is what it was. Oh, number eliminated? Maybe it was the total number of people eliminated. Well, Kane's number one, Kane's then. Number right. One. It was Kane definitely was number one. We had that. We had one and four, correct? We had... Four is Stone Cold. Yes. yes. It was Triple H and Big Show. I would guess H had more, but that would be yeah. a guess. That's what Triple we guessed. H. And it was Show? It was Big Show. Yeah, okay. So, and the funny thing is, like, there was a debate amongst us... I guess that makes sense. I gotta tell you. H always came in at the end of Rumbles. Brandon from Ramshead, Brandon Linton, who runs Ramshead Live, carried us. He killed at, I mean, like, he was better than you. He was slaughtering throughout the course of the night. Um, tons of props to Brandon. So we were in great shape. We were in great shape. But we also agreed that none of us really wanted, we didn't really want the second or third place prizes. Like, the first place prize was, uh, tickets to the pay-per-view and uh, a limo ride to oh. the pay-per-view as well. So we were like, we're going to go, we're going to just throw it all in to try to get that. We're not going to make a safe bet and, and right, take right. the third place prize or whatever Because the final question is like Final Jeopardy style. Exactly. Yes. And so we went all in and it just came down to, and there was like internal debate about, we had every, and it was, we literally said, it's either Triple H Big Show or it's Big Show Triple H. It's one or the other. Yeah. And, and for whatever reason, we ended up going Triple H Big Show, and it turned out to be Big Show Triple H, and so we ended up we ended up in like eighth or something like that because we went all in on the final right. one. But we did we had, it was great, and we could not have, look. It's Jimmy Seafood on a sun on a pay per view. The place did was you on the crabby chicken. Uh, no, I went with the I like the chicken the chicken and shrimp pesto, and also I went with the um I went back for the Oreo cheesecake <laughs> because the Oreo cheesecake is out of control. Um, it, it was just an amazing night. If you've never been for a pay per view, they 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 do it so well there. It's at uh, you know who was there on uh, Sunday night was your boy Leo Rush, was in the house. He is uh, sponsored by yep, Jimmy's Famous Secret, yes. absolutely, and he was in the house on Sunday night. Ken Dixon, who's uh, graciously retweeted us a few times and like plugged the show, despite the fact that we've never had him on. We should probably do that because he's yeah. been really good to us. Yeah. Um, he was there on Sunday night. Just couldn't have been a better time. It was such a great time. But the reaction there, if you were somewhere in public on oh, Sunday yeah. night when Roman Reigns was announced as the third or came out as the 30th person, you know, you know what, and this is at a Roman Reigns friendly establishment. Yes. Because John Minadakis is now best friends with Roman Reigns and yet still the reaction was, what the fuck? Yes. This is my issue. And I'll, cause look, I know AJ loves Roman Reigns and we'll get to this. I don't have a problem with Roman Reigns being in the Royal Rumble. I have no issue with that whatsoever. It's a little bit weird that he didn't do the work of explaining why Roman Reigns would be into the Rumble and AJ Styles wouldn't be. But they, they which, sh- by the way, would have been very easy because Roman Reigns got there first. Correct. He got to ask for that 30th Absolutely. spot. Absolutely. He lost it. earlier. And you, all you got to do is address that at some point. Like, why? Or even the next night. Agreed. Yeah. You know, on either show this week, you could have simply addressed that and said, you could have had AJ say, why didn't I get a shot to go into the Royal Rumble, right? And, and Shane, or Shane or Dana Bryan could have said, it was full by the time your match because ended. Because Reigns wanted a spot and that was it. That was 30. We didn't have another spot for you. Like, the, the, you could have done that so easily. It's a very nitpicky thing, but it goes back to the showing the work thing that we always talk about. That would have been simple to do. The problem is, why, is it just trolling at this point? Yes. Is that is that all it is? Because it, when he's supposed to be your money maker, it would be nice if at some point they did something favorable for Roman Reigns and not constantly put him in these situations where it's only going to make things worse. I mean, if if they're planning on having him, which it seems like face taker, I think that they might just be they might. I don't know if they're but turning they're not, him it's heel. Not, it's not going to. You know, it's not going to be a heel turn. He sells too much merch. They're not turning him heel. They're, I mean, the, the, I'm just like. 
entering the Rumble the way he did, the kind of the look on his face, kind of the angry, I, I don't well, care. Well, I hear I, you. I, I'm saying, like, everything they did on screen. I know. Screams heel turn. But or at least not caring about the face, not, not pushing him as a face. It might not be a full heel turn. It might just be a, I, I'm not a, going back to his, I'm not, I'm not a good guy. I'm not, you know, yeah. I'm not a face. I, I'm not a heel. I'm just going to be an, kind of an ass kicker and I don't care what happens. And it might just be a conscious decision. We are not going to p- try to position him as a face anymore. And that might be it. And Michael Cole was saying on commentary, something snapped in Roman Reigns. He's had enough, which, if you really look at it over the past couple months, this is how you turn someone heel. I, I agree. You, you consistently get them screwed out of match, match after match, match after match, until they snap. And that seems to be what they're doing. I, I totally understand everything that you're saying, but you know damn well they're not fully turning him heel. That This is the John Cena thing. They don't, when they have this guy, it would take a dramatic circumstance to but turn. Here's the thing. But why does he have to turn heel? Well, I don't think he has to. I didn't say he had to. My point being that it, I, you're not, you have done him no favors. They, they, they can't try to position him as a face. Like, they don't have to turn him heel, but they can't try to position him as a face when they're putting him in these positions where they know he's going to get completely booed. Like uh, going against Taker, coming out as number thirty. Correct. You can't do that if you're positioning him as a face. Now Why? you don't. Why? How many because faces come out at thirty. Right, because they're actually faces that people will cheer for and are happy to well, see at number okay, thirty. So then, what is the reason that people boo him? Because because he doesn't, because he doesn't win or lose. Because he got to be number thirty in the Royal Rumble and he's Roman Reigns, right? Like because it doesn't matter the reason. It matters that. Well, no, I think this is really key. Matter does the reason does matter when you sit there and you take about the fact that people are literally booing him for no fucking reason. Then at that point, what do you want them to do? No matter what they do, he's going to get booed. Well, okay, he's not want a significant thing. match in how long? No, I hear I hear everything you're saying. I still I I think you got to be careful saying that it's n- they're booing for no reason. They're 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 Give booing. They're booing because he gets he wins too many matches. Well, they, he hasn't in a while. They're booing because he's not a good wrestler. He puts on nothing but great matches. That match with Kevin Owens. Was oh, it was phenomenal. I thought I, you know what's really funny. Everybody's going on about the AJ Cena match. I actually thought the Owens uh, Reigns match was better. I thought I it was beautiful. Better. I think the, the I think the AJ Cena match was a five star classic, and I want to slap the shit out of Dave Meltzer if he didn't give it five stars. But um, I still think that the second best match of the night was definitely. Roman and Kevin Owens, and it's always Kevin. Uh, Roman is always one of the best matches of the night. Uh, we we are on board with you. It's the it's the character versus person thing again that you're still dealing with with John Cena. It's the same. You're just doing the same thing every time. Now your argument is he's losing, and so that's how it's different. And the results have been different, and that's fine. But no matter what the results are, none of it seems to matter because the next time out, you just keep putting him in the same spot. It's the same complaint about why John Cena. So so he loses, loses, loses to AJ Styles, and then comes back and he just gets another match with AJ Styles. It's the complaint about the character versus the person, and that's the Roman Reigns problem. And it's what you, you're you're doing no help in the process by doing this. And it might very well be nothing more than we think this is going to be an amazing it's troll a, job. There's, there's, a, there's a big difference, though. There's a huge difference between John Cena and Roman Reigns. You can't lump them together. Well, yeah, one Samoan. <laughs> <laughs> Roman Reigns is getting these rematches because he's getting screwed in the match, so it makes sense in storyline. John Cena gets a rematch because he's John Cena. What? There's a huge difference there. And you and everyone else that boos Roman Reigns. Are whoa, 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 whoa! I do not boo Roman Reigns. Don't throw, don't lump me in that. No, I said you and everyone else who. But you're including <laughs> now. You sound like the White House press secretary. I said you're you. including me in that. I am not booing Roman Reigns. I was look. I will admit, I, it was 
it was unconscionable for them to have him as the 30th. You can't. There's just there's no, you want to do this if you don't have a surprise it's fine it's okay to say we're not gonna we don't have to do a surprise every year we gave you a well, whole lot of shit first of, all, first, of all, first of all first of all you had Ty Dillinger come in the match now to say I, he's I, not a surprise he's, he he's not someone, someone outside of the roster right did not come I, in what I'm game. saying is you don't have to have a mega surprise and you certainly don't have to have your mega surprise Jack, be number thirty Jack Gallagher was a surprise I love Jack well I actually call Jack Gallagher being so, in the Royal yeah. Rumble so it wasn't a surprise but, to me either, but either way but neither one of them are people that I, would I understand what I'm saying is you don't have the fact that I just went to the NXT tapings yesterday and Ty Dillinger's going nowhere right I right. I hear you but what I'm saying is that there's no there's no rule that number thirty in the Royal Rumble has to be a mega surprise. You don't have to do it that way. And the fact that people are pissed off, everybody wanted it to be one of Finn Balor or Kurt Joe. Angle or Joe. And, and look, after what happened with Nakamura on Saturday night, it was going to be very difficult for it to be Shinsuke yes. Nakamura. But there were still some people that were holding out hope that like that was the way to write him off of NXT. Now he's gone and he shows up in the Rumble and we pretend like the two things are unrelated. Right? Also, like there... Shinsuke never showed up during the taping yesterday. Interesting. Interesting. Boy, that is interesting. Well, I mean, they're, sell- they're, they're selling, selling the, the injuries. injuries right? so you, I mean, that's... you film some backstage segments, right, that's and that's fine. how you do it. My my point being, they, you're not obligated to have one of them be the number 30 person in the Rumble. And the people that think that you are are insane. Like, in what world? Have you watched the Royal Rumble before? Like, it, it's so rare. And it was the worst thing they've ever done. <laughs> yes. I mean, that, that was the, the only time they've ever managed to right. get for Ray Mysterio was the entire time. Um, if you're going to do it this way, it's simple. Have... Goldberg or The Undertaker yes. be number 30 and have Roman Reigns come out as number 26. You're still going to have Roman Reigns get booed because he's Roman Reigns, but at least it's not to this. But then when this, The Undertaker comes out at 27, right? people are also like, oh, look, Undertaker, yay. You avoid the nuclear level that it ended up becoming with Roman Reigns. This is the type of thing that, like... Well, here's, hold on. Here's, a, here's another thing that I think no one's taken into account. Maybe they put him at 30... Knowing he would get booed because they wanted him to get booed because they knew he was going to enter, eliminate the Undertaker and they knew all the and they knew he was going to eliminate Y2J. Those are both going to get boos, and maybe the point of all of this was to give Randy Orton even more over. And that might be. And here's the: if the idea is we want Roman Reigns to get boos, then they worked did it perfectly. The problem is you cannot if your if your goal is to get somebody boos, you cannot position him as a face. If that is your goal. If you're going in, I want this person right. to get booed. You cannot try to position him as a face. You can no, try to no, position no, no, him as a tweener. I don't, I don't mean that they were like, let's get, let's make sure Roman gets booed. What I'm thinking is they're going to boo Roman anyway. So why don't we get it to a point that where it becomes nuclear, right? Where we can we, we so get... that when Randy because realistically. Like, Randy Orton won, and people are mad that Randy Orton won, which I don't really understand. But in the moment, everybody was the biggest Randy Orton fan on the face of the planet. At at, at the very least, they were relieved, if nothing else. Correct. That's that's what it was. Yes, and I think that that was part of it. I think that was part of the thinking was they wanted to put someone there that, you know, they knew Randy Orton wouldn't get a great reaction because he's Randy Orton. Um, Not that he doesn't get good reaction, but winning the Rumble. I I, I watched the Rumble uh, yesterday. He got a fantastic reaction when he won. Oh, and when yeah. he won, no doubt. Yes, yes. Yeah, it was yes. insane. Of I, I, but I'm saying, if he threw out Goldberg, if he threw out The Undertaker, it would not have been of nearly the reaction. Oh, of as course he, it would yes. no doubt, no question. So, and that. I absolutely think that that was part of it, and that's good thinking on their part. It's just that the overall seemed to indicate that they wanted, like you said, the biggest nuclear reaction are possible. Guys as, are you guys as shocked as everybody else seems to be about Randy Orton winning? Like, I'm not shocked. Like 
No. I feel like I'm the only person that's been watching the product for the last six months. No, I'm not shocked. It's it's a it's a little confusing. Twofold. Let's go from there, right? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Randy Orton came back for SummerSlam, main evented SummerSlam with Brock Lesnar, and was the hottest thing in wrestling. Since that point, he has continued to be one of the hottest, if not the hottest person on SmackDown, not named AJ Styles. All right? And even in that same time frame, he also finished out on top at Survivor Series with Bray Wyatt. Now, you come into a situation where he wins the Royal Rumble, and maybe Bray Wyatt wins Elimination Chamber, or somehow the the Wyatt family gets involved with John Cena, and now you have a John Cena, Randy Orton, Bray Wyatt triple threat at Mania. Or you have a way where Bray Bray Wyatt ends up using the Wyatt family to win, and now you have Bray Wyatt versus Randy Orton for the belt at Mania. Right. Yes. That that seems to be the the way to go. Well, I think there's a couple things. I think that there's always the, this is the Randy Orton problem, which is every time Randy Orton does anything, immediately the fans say, oh, you're just going back back to to something safe, right? Like, you're just going back to the same thing. Since he, even with those idiot fans, who's been more over than Randy Orton since he came back? I, Realistically, you can can you name well, three people? Chris Jericho certainly has been. I mean, there's no question about that. And I I do think there was Styles. That's two. I'm real like since SummerSlam. Right. Who has been over than Randy Orton? Name them. Well, the, I mean, Chris Jericho, Kevin Goldberg. Owens, and, and AJ Styles. Well, but those are part time. Uh, yeah, yeah. If we're just, saying, if we're just as, as far as the full time performers are concerned, yes. it's those three and arguably no, the Miz. I don't think yeah, you can say the Miz too, but I, I would uh, respect the Miz more. I don't think Kevin Owens is more. Over oh, than totally. Him. But it's a package deal. It's Kevin Owens and, and Chris, Chris Jericho. Jericho. They're both ridiculously I'm, over right I'm now. Individually, but that's like saying it's a package deal. Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton. If you add them two, you could say the same thing. But I'm saying that one person, when he's in the ring by himself, RKO. I mean, the, the RKO gets the pop. Like, right. No, yeah. I mean that's that's huge. I'm not look. I, Randy Orton is great, and nobody's going to argue against Randy Orton. And ultimately, I don't really have a problem with Randy Orton. I said this coming out. The only thing that doesn't work for me is that I've been so set on the idea that John Cena is going to break the record at WrestleMania that that, to me, gets clunky. because I Well, it doesn't get necessarily clunky if you just have it be the triple threat match. Right, but that, to me, is clunky. The, the WrestleMania yes. should be the spot when you have a match like... Randy Orton, Bray Bray Wyatt, Wyatt, that feels like it should be a one-on-one match at WrestleMania. So if what they're going to do is ultimately a triple threat, or if ultimately they're not going to do that match at WrestleMania and it's going to be Randy Orton, John Cena again, those scenarios... I I think after SmackDown, I would be very surprised if it's Randy Orton, John Cena, considering the first thing they did was make a TV match between the two. I understand. I, I just... None of that is as desirable to me as Randy Orton versus Bray Wyatt for the title at WrestleMania. That, to me, is the match. And and maybe they could still get to that. Maybe they have something else in mind for John Cena. I don't know what that would be. Um, I, I, it seems as though this is the way that you're pointing him, and I just admittedly don't like that as much as I like Randy Orton you versus Bray Wyatt. You could still find a way. I mean, that the good thing about the Elimination Chamber is you could easily find something for John Cena to do. Like, you tell me... Baron Corbin gets eliminated by John Cena, gets mad, and then attacks John Cena to the point that he can't finish, and then that's how, or that not that he can't finish, that he's so beat up that that's how Bray Wyatt ends up winning the belt. Then you have Bray Wyatt get a rematch with John Cena, and you have Luke Harper cost him in the rematch, or blah blah blah, or you have um. I saw one. I saw one rumored match, and I have no idea where it's from, and I it doesn't sound like something they 
do, but there's a part of me that says, huh, I could, it almost makes sense for WWE. And that's, uh, Cena teaming with Nikki against Miz and Maurice. It's not great, but there's so, like, if you're looking for something to, for Cena yeah, to do, it, it, I, it, it does, it doesn't sound right. No, but it, it just doesn't could, even really sound appealing. No. You know, like it just doesn't. But I could see where WWE might kind of go. Right, they want to capitalize on, I, I hear what you're saying. I, uh, I'd, I'd, yeah. I'd be very much, and again, that involves, that's another scenario where John Cena doesn't break the record at WrestleMania. I'm so convinced that they want to have him well, break the record at WrestleMania. Well, here's, the th- here's the thing though. They can have him break the record at WrestleMania, but we're assuming he's going to become more of a part-timer after this, right? Right. It doesn't necessarily have to be this WrestleMania. No, and I, I hear you. I, he's I've convinced been, that it's. I going have to been be- convinced that it was going to be this WrestleMania because they said we don't want to start. Met, but it's it's too easy. If you had had Chris Jericho win the Royal Rumble, it would have been too easy to have John Cena break the record, figure out an opponent for John Cena, have him lose to him at the Elimination Chamber, and have him beat him at WrestleMania. It's done, right? Like, there's no problem. So it might very well be what you're saying, that I'm wrong, and that they're going to wait, and they're going to have him break the record some other time, which is fine. I'm not telling you that there's anything wrong with that. I'm just convinced that as you get to the part where it's part-time John Cena, Trying to pigeonhole a way to make sure that he breaks the record at WrestleMania in the future involves more long-term work or involves more of what we complained about with The Rock the last time, which is predestining or the predestination that no matter what happens between now and then, John Cena is going to win the title again at next year's Royal Rumble or at some Royal Rumble in the future. And I don't, I don't think that's a good way of doing your business. I mean, the the other easy way if it would be like, for example, next year, and it would it'd be involved just another negative aspect around the Rumble is you just plan on having Cena win the Rumble next year, no right. matter what happens. Right, and, and, and that, who yes. wants that outcome either, you know what I mean? Like, right. is that is that great? Look, it's what it is. Randy Orton winning the Rumble, there's nothing wrong with that. He's Randy by God Orton. Randy Orton is amazing. And, and, if, it's, and if it's Orton Wyatt for the title, good. That's what We're, we want. We are all going to throw high and fives. Also, can I just give Randy Orton some props? That RKO out of the Roman Reigns spear was one of the coolest it was great. ever. It was great. The RKO is always cool. It is always cool, but they're the wins. Yes, yes. They've had to do a lot of work to try to one-up the last RKO. You know what I mean? Like, it's not the stuff that they've done in recent years to try to do one beyond mm. that. It has not been easy, yet they keep coming up with really cool ways to have big the, RKOs and big spots. RKO was crazy. Right, right. So I'm I'm down with that. Um, the other biggies coming out of the Royal Rumble. Um, obviously, Roman gets pointed towards The Undertaker, which... Is interesting, and we'll see where that goes and how they try to. Pos- is it just he's a tweener for now, and then as soon as the Undertaker's out of the picture, right. it's right back to being Super Roman after that. I mean, you kind of see where you know, obviously Roman Braun at Fastlane. There's nothing better if they really like. We're sitting there saying the way they've been building Roman is how you build a heel. Then we're saying that their facial expressions and how they commentated and everything that he did with his body language was kind of like a heel at, at Royal Rumble. Is there any better way to make a true dominant number one heel than to have Roman Reigns beat Undertaker? Dog, I'm with you. I'm totally with you. Beat Undertaker at WrestleMania and then after the match do some extracurriculars? Right, just just beat the shit out of him. And and if that's the way they go, yay. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and everyone's going to start cheering, of course. We're, we're all thing. on board. Nobody, Everyone well, is going to start gonna love cheering. Roman, right? And that's going to be in the being the problem. Um, no, I'd be I'd be totally on board. And WrestleMania might not be the place to do it, right? Because you have that crowd that's just that's um that's that's far too they, they nerdy, bloodthirsty, yeah, right? Correct. You have far too much of that. Um, the next that I think is on the list is so you get you get pointed to Goldberg Lesnar, but then there's a small problem. 
Well, I don't know if there's a small problem. Go. What's well, the small problem is they're going to end up having that be for the belt. Yes, they are. There's no question. Yes, they are. At, at this point, there is no doubt whatsoever that they think that needs to be a championship match at WrestleMania, and that is horrendous. It, it's so bad. It, it goes back to what I talked about about a month ago or so when I was saying the the title I matches that we. Because, because Kevin Owens doesn't have a, par- a, part- a partner for Fastlane that's most likely going to be Goldberg, and their idea is going to be, well, how do we make this as big as possible? So the assumption the- was, on Monday, for whatever reason, it was coming out that Goldberg was going to be the, the opponent at Fastlane. Based on TV, it would look like Braun Strowman is going to end up well, being... Well, Braun the- Strowman, Roman Reigns is probably happening at Fastlane, Right, Lane, like, so, so that's where yes. it goes back, and you end up getting pointed back to Goldberg as being the opponent for Kevin Owens... To beat Kevin Owens and then have the belt on the line for his match I against think Brock Lesnar. You guys are doing too much work in your mind. I really, mm. I, I really don't. I think it goes back to what I was saying about a month ago, how we were talking about the possible title matches, and I was like, I really don't know if they want to make the title matches underneath all of these part timers, and I really wonder if they do something like this to try to make one, at least one of the title matches feel as big as possible. Yeah, I don't think it's good, but I think that that's part of their thinking. Is like they want the WWE title main event, and for whatever reason, they feel that Goldberg Lesnar has to main event. I've gotten that sense, man. Or the Universe talk, excuse me. I've just gotten that sense, and I, I hate it. I hate it so much, but I just get that sense. So you guys are just all sold out on the fact that Finn Balor could be back? Um, Not sold out on it. I, I don't think he can be a title match. Yeah, I, I, tell me how you get there. What do you mean how you get there? He had to relinquish the title because he was injured. I understand that. So you're saying that in that scenario... Do do you think he's cleared right now? Well, yeah, I don't know about that, but what I'm saying more is... Right now, is he going to be cleared April 2nd? That's all that matters. Wait, wait. So in that scenario, you no longer have a Kevin Owens-Chris Jericho match at WrestleMania, which is the dumbest thing to not get... Like, it's so... I don't know if you know this or not, but Kevin... Chris Jericho having the U.S. title and Kevin Owens have the Universal title, in my mind, already means that they're not going to do that. No, that's. I think it's. I think it's much more likely we see somebody like Sami Zayn versus Chris Jericho at WrestleMania because they like to give Chris Jericho those solo spotlights, and in his career, he's done a very good job with them. With Fandango, with AJ Styles, with Shawn Michaels, he's always when he had the solo shot and his his main objective was to make the other guy look good, even if he won or the other guy won, it didn't matter. Um, he's done well in that position, and I think that uh, Universal uh, U.S. title match, Chris Jericho versus Sami Zayn, or Chris Jericho versus I don't know who else you could you could put him against a lot of people realistically if you wanted to find a way to do it, but. Um, I think that's what they're going to do with him, and I think that Finn Balor is going to come back, and it's going to be for a fight for the universal title that he never lost. It's so simple. It's just like when uh, um, Shawn Michaels came back with his belt. It's just like when CM Punk came back with his belt. Right. It, I, I, all the work that you just did is fine. Anything that doesn't involve Kevin Owens facing Chris Jericho at WrestleMania is idiotic. <laughs> this is your match. This is everything you've done for eight months. It's everything we were praising about Orton Wyatt. I mean, like, to be honest with you, I would much rather, like, I love, I would love Chris Jericho Y2J. I would much 
rather see Kevin Owens versus Finn Balor for the universe. I love Kevin Owens, Finn Balor. I think that's always out there. I think you can do Kevin Owens, Finn Balor at any point in the next two years and have it be wonderful. You have done the work. This is WrestleMania. This is when you're supposed to have the moment. And the moment is, and this is the opportunity you have to do it, Kevin Owens, Chris Jericho, the predominant storyline that you have told dating back to SummerSlam of last year, the one. This is your opportunity to showcase that. Why in the world are you giving up that chance? Why would why would Kevin Owens Finn Balor not be great at SummerSlam instead? Because it's Finn Balor coming back for the title he hasn't lost. It's fine. He can come back and say, I, this is when I want it. I want to come back at SummerSlam and have that match. That he can always have that opportunity. Yeah, he can. But they've already had matches in the past couple years, so it looks like a good end stamp to a feud. I don't. How many times do you start feuds at WrestleMania? They didn't start the feud at WrestleMania. The but, feud is old. Uh, not on. Not they, on. Not they on don't, w, it's they not. don't acknowledge. Yeah, they The same correct. way that that all Bailey and Sasha could team up together, they they might acknowledge, hey, they fought in the past, but you, they don't rely yeah, they don't, on. They don't use that as storytelling for, yes. for the WWE purposes. This would be the start of a feud if they did it this way. The, here's the difference. With I think the situations here are different. Finn Balor had the title, lost it because he got hurt. The person who has the title now is the guy who won it because he got hurt, and it's the same guy who he fought for the NXT title at NXT. I don't think that's ever happened before. Maybe you can prove me wrong, but I really don't think that's ever happened before. I think that storyline in and of itself sells a hell of a picture, and I think that, first of all, they also are – one of the things that's always pissed me off is people disrespect how great their ladder match at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn was I mean, just because Sasha and Bayley was on the same night. I, I hear it, you. It's, it's good, it would be a great match whenever it's going to happen. Right. No it's one's Finn Balor and Kevin Owens. It's, this, this is so specific about the nature of WrestleMania and the nature of everything that you've done on your programming that should culminate at WrestleMania. Jer- Jericho... Probably isn't going to be full time. Uh, we, we've been saying this for a while, right. so we know, but, but we know that he's. I'm pretty sure he's going back into the studios soon. Like we don't know how much full time Chris Jericho we have left. There is a limited time we can pay off this Kevin Owens Chris Jericho storyline, as far as big moments go. I, I just can't fathom. I can't fathom you not getting to that point. And again, if you you do all of this and get to that point and then have two part timers square off for a title instead of that being for the title, I just I hate it. I just hate it. I, I, I get it. I'm a nerdy wrestling fan, and that's part of the problem here. And what they're saying is that this, if we say, if on our marquee, two guys you've heard of are squaring off for the title, then, then Steve in, in Kansas might be more likely to decide to be, to buy a pay-per-view. It's not buy a pay-per-view anymore. Buy the, buy the network. network. Yes. I, I, I get that. I do. I, it's I, I just agree not with necessary. You. I agree with you 100%, but. It's happening. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's no doubt. It's, it's, oh, God. <laughs> Very frustrating. All right, what else do we need to... to well, to, to Joe. Do? Oh, right, Samoa Joe, yeah. Samoa Joe kind of, you know, what could have been one of the uh, biggest things. You know, personally, I thought that if they weren't going... You know, I, I picked him to win the Rumble because I thought if he was in it, it would be the best way to do it, to have him win the Rumble. If you're not having him win the Rumble, I thought it the way great. they debuted him it was, was really one of the best ways they could. Except it, for that he fucked up Seth Rollins' knee. Except yeah. that... Well, yeah, that's not he, ideal. Seth Rollins' <laughs> knee got fucked up because... You know, it put him instantly into a high pro, you know, presumably it was going to be Rollins, Joe at Fastlane. It was going to put him in a high profile immediately into the spotlight, even more than, you know, 
if people had wanted him to do the same thing AJ Styles did. And that would have put him in a little bit of a spotlight, but not as much as they did on Monday. But now it's all screwed up. Well, we'll you, hold, on, hold on. What if you have, just hear me out, what if you have Owens and Jericho break, and I know you'll be mad, but you have them, Jericho go full face, and then you have a U.S. title match, Samoa Joe versus Chris Jericho at WrestleMania. Would you like that? He wouldn't like it as much uh, as Jericho yeah, I mean, Owens. Again, <laughs> if you're asking for me to complain about Jericho Joe, no, I'm not going to complain about Jericho Joe, but I'm going to complain about anything that isn't Jericho Kevin Owens. I, I, I'm happy to have Samoa Joe, and I, you know, look, it's, it's, the timing makes sense for him to be here, and it was a really great way to use him. I also wonder, it's really interesting to me, that Rollins didn't show up at all at the Royal Rumble, and we've we've addressed this. I wonder if they had the intent to make this an NXT-driven feud mm-hmm. going to WrestleMania. They were going to have Rollins show up a few more times, and I, you know, I, at this point, I think we know because uh, AJ went to the tapings last night. That probably isn't the case, correct? Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah so so that's that's and that might have something to do with Kevin that's Rollins' injury as well. Well, I was gonna say Rollins was with Dr. James Andrews yesterday, right. so it couldn't so be in it, Orlando it even if that was planned. I thought that would have been really cool to have had this been a really NXT driven feud where Triple how H is. You, how do you book this feud now? Because Rollins will be back for Mania. We, Anyone we who says otherwise is foolish. Eight weeks means that he, the earliest he probably would be cleared would be days before Mania. I think that. And I, I think yeah. it's tricky, because I don't think you can book a major one-on-one match with Rollins, because if there is any setback at all, you're screwed. I think that what you maybe do in this case is you try to book a tag or a six-man tag or something, include Rollins in it. Um, I don't know exactly how you would do it at this point, but I think that that's the way to go, is you keep Rollins in the picture. How about I, this? How about this instead? How about um, you book Mania as if Rollins is going to be gone and injured the whole time? And then you'll know by Monday before Mania whether he's going to be ready by that Sunday. So, so what happens to his replacement if he? Oh, is I can ready? I can get you there so much quicker. Oh, what, I'm, what, I'm, what I'm saying is on Monday before Mania, you have Triple H out there running his mouth, blah blah blah, talking about how what he's gonna. He's so excited for WrestleMania weekend, blah blah blah. Rollins' music hits, he whoops his ass, and then with six days before the show, that's when they announce the match. But I guess I guess my question is, what if? He he's not better, and then are you keeping Triple H off the show? Yeah, I see. I I don't think they're willing to keep Triple H off the show. Guys, I'm going to get you there. This 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 isn't that hard to me. You spend the next two months with Samoa Joe being Triple H's henchman, and if you get to WrestleMania and Rollins can't go, then Samoa Joe turns on Triple H right before WrestleMania, and you have Samoa Joe face Triple H at WrestleMania. It's not hard, and it really isn't. And and when when I thought that it was more serious, I I thought the natural thing was it's easy to do Joe Triple H. I mean, but you you have that in your back pocket. Worst case scenario is you've got Joe Triple H. You continue to work towards Rollins Triple H, and if if you get to that point and you realize Rollins can't go, then you have Joe turn on Triple H. You have him work hard. Hardcore as Triple H's henchman over the course of the next eight weeks. I mean, like, really dive in as him being Triple H's guy. Triple H found him, brought him in, took a chance on him. Right. He's, you I mean, you gotta sell that storyline with the, with the ability in the final two weeks to either say he's, he's gonna be Triple H's henchman in the corner but, but of a. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Then the problem is then 
What if Rollins is ready? Then who does Samoa Joe Samoa Joe, just Samoa Joe doesn't have a match at WrestleMania. That's fine. He's a he's still a factor in the Triple H Seth Rollins match. Yeah, yeah, but no, I don't think that you do that. I don't think you bring somebody up two weeks, two months before the Rumble. Or you throw him in the Andre the Giant Battle Royal and have him win at the last minute because you know you love the Andre Giant the Giant Battle Royal. Who, who do you have yes, in feuding? I, I think it's good for the guys that don't get on the card. Yes, I'm not a cynical asshole that only thinks it would about be nice. Myself. I love the Battle Royal. It would be great if it meant something. But who does who does he go at? If you're if you're booking this, you're saying Joe's going through everybody. Does that mean it's it's going back to everybody against Triple H again? Is that what we're doing, or or every face against Triple H? Like how are how are you booking it? You're saying that Joe runs through everybody as specifically as you, Triple you, H. You keep you in a way, you know what I mean? Like you have faces that stand in for Seth Rollins for the next couple months, but you still have Seth Rollins in promos. You work as though Seth Rollins is going to be back. You get as much as you can from him in interviews, things along those lines. And yes, you would feed some people towards Samoa Joe. You'd have him just, just as many faces as you can. Presumably, oh God, you can't really have it be Roman because <laughs> it's not going to help you. But you know, as many faces I, 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 as you can. And that's one of the problems. If you're using Joe as H's proxy, you're, and, and this was actually what, one of my thoughts when, before we found out about Rollins' injury is that, you know, Triple H just gave us Samoa Joe. He's defending NXT. Like, if you're having him unleash Joe, that's what people want to see. I, I hear you in a way. I think and and you, you have to do it right. right correct. And, and you have saying, to you, have you Samoa ha- and Joe be a monster. You have yes. to be a monster, and you have to target the right people. And, and you have to do it in ways where he's probably also doing it a little, you know, he's jumping people from behind. He's not just going right. after guys one-on-one and beating uh, them like down. Maybe Chris Jericho. I mean, I'd love that. I'd love it. I'd love it. Until we got to WrestleMania, <laughs> when Chris Jericho <laughs> needs to face Kevin Owens. That's the way that that goes. All right, um, uh, real quick, because I'm going to have to duck out and let you guys finish the segment, because um, AJ's got a roll here in a couple of minutes, and i got a roll to do something else. And then we're going to talk to Dalton Castle, I know, coming up in a couple minutes as well. Um, I, I just wanted to throw kind of my two cents in on, on one other thing, which is the Goldberg, the, the booking of Goldberg, Brock Lesnar. I, I think it was a mistake to do it again. I, I get it. Like, I get it. I think it was a mistake to do it one more time the exact same way. Um, oh, you mean Goldberg cleanly throwing him over? Yeah, I think I, that I think was I a mistake. Well. I think that was a mistake to do it one more time. I get it. Like, you can still get there, and obviously they're going to get there no problem. But uh, they, it, they've it, gotten there. Like, that's it, the thing. it sort of feels like what when you have Goldberg come out next week, like, he, he can't really justify why it is that he's giving Brock Lesnar another chance because... All he's done is kick Brock Lesnar's ass. Like, you can't really justify the fact that Brock Lesnar's going to get one more out of him. I think that you needed Why to have... You? But what reason does Goldberg truly have to give Brock Lesnar another chance at him? Brock Lesnar has gotten his ass kicked over and over again by Bill Goldberg. Because he's challenged him to a match, and Goldberg's whole thing is, I'm not going to let anybody show these kids... What a bad person looks like. I'm a superhero to these kids. So if somebody bad comes... But all he's done is beat that guy up. He's That's a good point from AJ, though, is that at this point, the way that Goldberg's been portrayed as the the badass of the badasses, he, unless he says no because I want to fit... You know, like he doesn't get the title match at Fastlane, and he says, no, I'd rather have the title match at Fastlane. Like, it would look like he's ducking him. And, and Goldberg's character can't duck somebody. And, and I, I agree with you that 
I mean, quite frankly, they should have had Undertaker tip them both when, like, they that's were up against right, the ropes. That's right. Something more 50-50. I'm not saying that Brock Lesnar needed to get over on Goldberg, right. but something that was a little bit more 50-50. This is a guy that you've constantly kicked his ass throughout your history, yeah. and, and you got to do it one more time? And, and, and as great as Paul Heyman's promo was, the, the whole, yeah, but I thought it was a great promo, but it fell flat at the end because... Even if Goldberg, or even if Lesnar wins, you can still say, yeah, but... Right, Le- Goldberg, Goldberg still beat him three other times. <laughs> right. I mean, like, what the hell? There's no 50-50 here. I, the, I think you guys are discounting the fact that Brock Lesnar is going to beat the shit well, out of him. Well, and I think that you have to <laughs> yeah, at this you, point. You, you don't you have, have to have Lesnar come out Lesner. next week and wreck just, him. <laughs> like, I think, like, realistically, I'm thinking that the match between Brock Lesnar and Goldberg... It won't be as bad as that SummerSlam Cena Goldberg, I mean Cena Lesnar match, but it'll probably be the worst one since then. Um, I think Lesnar's gonna squash Goldberg at Mania. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I, sure. I, I mean, the the problem is then, are, are, is that how you're ending WrestleMania? Why not? It, it would be unusual to have a squash at the end of Mania. That that's all. That, um. Okay. Really, you don't. Like, I hear realistically, you. Realistically, the. The WrestleMania 31, Lesnar pretty much was squashing Reigns. Yeah, Reigns got some moves in and he was able to do some cool shit. But there was a pretty significant other part of that involved. Like, that wasn't really how you ended it. <laughs> I mean, okay, we can just pretend that didn't happen. Cool. No, no, no. I'm not, that wasn't the end of WrestleMania. You <laughs> we're, didn't we're, end we're, it with a squash. We're saying, are you going to end Mania with a six-minute squash with Lesnar just standing over him? I never said it was going to be six minutes. I think it's going to be a... 20 minute match. I'm just but he's just going to kick his ass the whole time. He's going to beat his ass the entire time. Yeah, I mean, I hear you. I guess I would say, I, I, I guess my thought back would be, you don't one, you don't have to have that be the the, the main event, the last match. And frankly, I'd probably pre- I'd probably prefer otherwise. If they're Although having the title, title on the line, they are putting they are putting that last if it's for the title. Well, of course, it could be. Um, you guys are tripping. If John Cena is in right. the title picture, is, that match is it's particularly, particularly if it's to break if, the if record. It's, if it's John Cena, yes. Yeah. Um, John Cena is in the title match. It is last. The WWE title match, it is the last thing you will see, period. I don't disagree with that. I yeah, I mean, if Cena's involved, yes. Right now I'm still working under the hope that it's just Orton White because I think it should be. The only thing it wouldn't be is if it was a triple threat between Undertaker, Lesnar, and Goldberg. Other than that... I think it's going to be whatever match John Cena's in for the title, if he's in the title match. Uh, I, I hear you. I hear you. I really do hear you, and he's probably right. And, and and if it's number 17, then yes, that's clearly the way to do yeah, it. About that. All right, do you guys want to keep talking for 10 minutes? Is there stuff you want to cover before AJ's got to roll? Uh, yeah, let's, you want to talk a little bit yeah, about I got to duck, uh, duck out. AJ, I love you. Uh, oh, no, I'll, I'll, we'll come Take back, over. and we can all talk to uh, Dalton Castle yes. when I come back here in a couple yes, minutes. Yes, all right, yes. very good. Um, takeover. Takeover was, you know, as good as it was at any time. What any uh, anything stuck out from you for uh, Takeover, AJ? Uh, yeah. Um, I was actually shocked that they got the belt off Shinsuke. Like I see it, and I understand. Like if you want Shinsuke to come back for the Mania match, and then, but do you have Shinsuke lose that too, or do you? It's, it's, like, I, uh, that one's weird, just especially the way they did it, where it was clearly that. You know, we're supposed to believe Nakamura had the match won. Like, it, it was clear that it wasn't, you know, one of those things where he got injured and, and Rude just took advantage of it. Like, if he, if he didn't injure himself on that move, Nakamura won, you know, def- successfully defended the title. It, it was clear. There's no doubt about it. So, yeah, that is interesting. Um, and it's a good way good way to get to take over if that, that's the plan. They just want uh, Rude Nakamura because if you had Rude just, you know, win 
you know, a roll up or a low blow or whatever, then how do you go two months without having them face off again? So you have the injury, you have some time to take off. Um, I, I get it structurally. It didn't. Like, I just don't know what they do from here. Like, I'm assuming this, like, I'm assuming Shinsuke is going to go up. WrestleMania. We see. I don't know like, if I'm. I don't know if I'm assuming. Yeah, that. like that's what I'm saying. Like I, that's what I was been assuming this entire time. So to now see a situation in which where, I mean, if he loses again, like. Well, if he loses yeah, again, he's coming still, up. But I, I, I could see him winning it back at Mania. No, but uh, the thing is, if I don't know if he he comes up if he loses again. You get yeah. what I'm saying? No, no, I, I I agree with you, which is why I think I don't know if he comes up at the end of Mania, and I don't. You know, I, I could see him easily winning it back uh, in April. Maybe. You, you, I, just, they, I mean, that's what they've been doing. They've been going, just exchanging takeovers with him having the belt and not having the belt. It's only a matter of time, I think, uh, before he comes up anyway. So I, I'm just interested to see how it all shakes out. But what I will say is yesterday when I was at the tapings, um, the rematch for the Authors of Pain and... Um, DIY was great, and I don't want to spoil what happened at the end, but it sets up a very interesting situation for what's coming forward at uh, NXT TakeOver Orlando. I thought that that match between DIY and the Authors of Pain, like, obviously it wasn't as good technically as any of the, the DIY, Revival, American Alpha matches, but the way that they just put that match together. Not necessarily the storytelling, but just kind of the, the scripting of the match, the, the the double submission into both of the guys powering out of it simultaneously. Like, whoever was the agent for that match, whoever put together the spots, needs to get a raise, because that was one of the most brilliantly yeah. written matches that I've seen in quite a while. I loved that match. Yeah, it was great. And um, what was crazy to me is, you know what, what was actually, to me, what was the best match of the night? was the other than Shinsuke and uh, Bobby Roode was the women's title match. I thought that match was fantastic. I just it was just to me it felt short. Did it feel short to you? It was it was a little bit awkward because you had the whole the the uh, Billy and Payton they you know they weren't going to fight each other and they were working together as a team which is the first time they've ever done that like actually had two two people from the same team in the match together and not end up them turning on each other which and I know you're going to say that this is nitpicking but, you know, they, they did a great job of telling it. They were telling it both in the ring. The broadcasters kept going back to it. But if that's the case and they're they're completely on the same page, why didn't one of them just pin the other one to win the title? That that was just the one thing that I was like, huh. When you think about the match, like, that's what should have happened if, if you're telling that story. I'm, I'm saying they, they were telling Aaron that story. They were up. telling that story specifically during the match. The broadcasters were saying, we don't care who wins the, you know, Peyton and Billy don't care who wins the match as long as one of them wins it. They had the pin where Peyton pinned, uh, I think it was Asuka, right in front of Billy. Billy didn't didn't break up the, the uh, pinfall. So you were telling that story that they literally, they did not care who won as long as one of them won. So if you're telling that, you need to just extrapolate that just a little bit further. That's all. No. They, what am I wrong about? They, they literally, they were specifically and directly telling that story. They were yes, telling us those things. You're, you're right, but they also, like, they don't also have to then try to get the cheapest way to win. You can say, we, we want to win the match, one of us wants to win the match, and not do it in the most cheap way possible. Like, it is possible to do that. I and yes, they, they are heels, and they could have done it, and it would have made sense, but that didn't mean that they should have done it, or they 
it's wrong because they didn't do that. I think it would have added something to the match if, if they had done it. I want to, and Nikki or whoever had been able to break up the pin there just to kind of establish that. Cause, cause once you throw it out there that they don't care who wins, that it, that's a natural question. Why don't they just pin each other? It's a, you know, I'm not the only person saying this out there. It's a very I know, natural. There's a lot of idiots. Yes. Yes. There are a lot of people who care about storytelling. I understand that. Yeah. It would have been a nice people, thing to, it, it would have been a nice thing to include in the match. You're absolutely right. Absolutely right. But, um, no, you, you were right. I think that, um, Oscar Nikki as a, I, I don't think that they're going that way because, uh, they're probably going towards Ember Moon. But, um, Oscar Nikki has a lot of potential in the future. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to see more Nikki Cross because I think that she, um, not that she's been undersold by any, any stretch of the imagination, but I feel like they could really put a spotlight on her and she could be a really interesting performer in the future. Yeah, um, I can already tell you what happens the next month, and you don't really got to worry about Oscar, Nikki. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> oh. Uh, oh. There is a women's uh, there is a women's title match coming up, but I don't, you don't know who it is, and I don't want to ruin it for you. But it is it's a good match, a very good match actually. Um, the number one contender match was actually even better than the title match itself um, for the women's title at NXT. It's a good month coming up in NXT. Uh, the WWE UK title match was crazy. Well, of course it was with those two guys. <laughs> the other WWE UK uh, match was even better. It was crazy. It was a great. It's going to be a great week, a uh, great month of NXT. You guys are going to love you, it. You, you, you getting in on the UK guys makes me happy. It makes me, you know, like, <laughs> these are the guys who going into the UK tour. I was just like, oh man, you need to see these guys. And just seeing yeah. you, you be I, happy I, when I, you see them makes me so happy. <laughs> I, yeah, because I'm a real person that I see someone and if I recognize that they're good at, at their craft, I show them the respect they deserve. Unlike many people do with Roman Reigns and other people within the industry. <laughs> Uh, it's not just about who they are outside their character. Their character matters as well. But we go around in circles and circles. Um, you actually, you thought that Almost would win. What do they do with Almost? Because they've been using... I don't... And I was having this conversation with somebody where it seems like they like him, and he's he's a good guy to have around. I just don't know precisely where you... He's, he's been a guy who's almost, I feel been hurt by the influx of talent around him that they haven't really been able to put the spotlight on that maybe they've wanted to otherwise. But they're, I think they're in a little bit of a tough position with him right now. I mean, I just see him like Ty Dillinger was a year ago, where he's a guy that right now they don't have a real big push plan for him. But he does good work, so he'll be around doing stuff. And then eventually, when the chips fall in his direction, he'll get a push that he deserves, that he's earned, and it'll be better for him. Yeah, and I, and I hope that's the case. You know, whenever it comes to these uh, international superstars, I just wonder that, you know, if they don't get a push in time, whether or not they decide, okay, maybe I want to go back to my home country or something like that. I, we've heard a, l- I, I feel like I, we've heard a little bit of rumors that maybe he's not completely happy uh, at NXT right now. But you know, it's just it's a tough position where he's talented. You can tell that they like him because they're not just burying him. But there's just not room for him right now at the very top of the card. Yeah, I mean, when your top heel is Bobby Roode, and then you have acts like Sanity and Authors of Pain, it's hard to just be a smarmy heel that, like, doesn't really, like, you're a great wrestler and you do some good heel stuff in the ring, but your character is hard to get traction in comparison to those other characters. So it's only a matter of time, but I think he will get a push eventually. Don't worry, I'm back to save this because you guys are stupid. Don't worry, I came back. 
Okay. Came back. Good. All right, we gotta we gotta get a break because we gotta talk Dalton Castle. All, All right. right. Sounds good. We'll come back in. We'll talk to uh, perhaps the future Ring of Honor champion. I'm uh, I'm Glenn. He's Aaron, and he's the main event. AJ Francis of the Washington Redskins, and this is Jotting Out. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. Learn how recently retired President Kevin Manning has used athletics to shape the future of Stevenson University. Plus, our college lacrosse previews, a look at what dates should be circled on the calendar for Baltimore sports fans, and a Ravens offseason guide. In addition to being available for free at over 500 locations in the Baltimore area, Royal Farms has them at 60 locations. You can also see the entire edition of Press Box, as well as the best daily coverage of the Ravens, Orioles, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. How well do you pick weekly NFL games? Pick Factor is the free new app that lets you pick each week's games and see how you do against your friends or against the whole country. Join other leagues or create your own custom league all for free. Pick Factor is easy to download from the Google Play Store or the App Store. When you open the Pick Factor app for the first time, a full tutorial shows you what to do. Play against the PressBox staff. When you download Pick Factor, click Join a League and enter league name PBS for PressBox Sports. Once you enter PBS, you'll be able to see how your weekly picks do against the PressBox staff. This week, anyone who beats the PressBox staff will automatically be qualified to win a $25 Royal Farms gift card. One winner will be chosen from everyone who beats our entire staff. You need to be 18 or older to enter and live in Maryland. No purchase is necessary. We will notify the winner through email in the Pick Factor app. If nobody beats our entire staff, the person in our league with the highest score will win the $25 gift card. To get the most points, fill out your picks by Thursday. It's you against the Press Box Pros. Download the Pick Factor app in the Google Play Store or the App Store. An old, and I do mean old, familiar voice is back. Stan the Fan with the bat around every Saturday, along with Adam Gladstone, will look to entertain, inform, and educate our listeners right here on PressBoxOnline.com. Click on the Listen Live button to hear the bat around every Saturday, 10 to 12. Stan the Fan and Adam Gladstone, real baseball talk is back. Go to PressBoxOnline.com slash StanTheFan to hear the bat around every Saturday from 10 to 12. Back in here on Jobbing Out, Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster, and of course, A.J. Francis of the Washington Redskins. Ring of Honor Wrestling is coming back to Baltimore, which it should. Baltimore is like the home of Ring of Honor Wrestling, and this man, (laughs) he is something. Dalton Castle now joins us here on Jobbing Out. Dalton, it's good to talk to you, man. Today was the choice a Bellini or a Mimosa? Well, yeah, well, that was, uh, that was a tough decision I had to make. <laughs> and I want, I went for the Bellini, but after the intro you gave me where you just said I was something, very broad, <laughs> up for interpretation, where, where literally I could be anything in the world, good or bad, I think I'm going to need a mimosa to top off that Bellini. Dude, we love my you. Emotions. <laughs> we, tr- trust me, we are total Dalton Castle marks. I assure you. We love you. In fact, I think it's going to be very awkward. But Aaron is going to uh, ask that you come to his wedding and that that you be the one to like stand next to him. I think is what uh, Aaron was going to do. Well, I, I did see you on Twitter offering to uh, MC for a sizable amount of money. MC a wedding. That's right. I'm up for uh, for whatever booking you 
got, but I ain't, I ain't cheap. <laughs> well, luckily my uh, best men here are yeah, have the money. <laughs> yeah, we got that covered. Dude, um... Do we, though? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Dalton, seriously, uh, coming back to Baltimore in April with Ring of Honor, Baltimore is like the the spot for Ring of Honor, right? Like, this is like coming home, right? Well, I mean, it is a uh, it is where we're kind of like based out of, but uh, obviously we're, we're a touring company, and we've got great fans all over. Baltimore is particularly special to me, because I think that's where I kind of got my, my first real highlighted... Uh, on television, it was uh, I came out and kind of really got to introduce myself to to everybody, and it was right there in Baltimore where they uh, they they made me feel very very welcomed, and I'll never forget that. It was great. That's cool. Do you have any uh, besides just the debut? Any any favorite memories of Baltimore? Whether it's in the ring or a lot of people have favorite memories outside the ring, outside the shows in Baltimore. Well, there was this one time. It was the night before uh, a show in Baltimore. Uh, I went out to dinner with uh, with Matt Taven, and as we were eating, several women walked in dressed as cats, and uh, and realized they I, they weren't real cats, and I was very disappointed and puzzled on why so many people were pretending to be cats. <laughs> what did you ask? And I realized it was Halloween evening, and, uh, oh. and that kind of like. That summed it up for me. I was actually hoping there was like some weird convention, like it was like a furry convention that happened to be in Baltimore at the same time. That's a little oh, bit. Oh yeah, I, there was a big Mr. Mustafeles. Uh, <laughs> Um, this particular trip to Baltimore just happens to be coming on the heels of Supercard of Honor, where um, uh, something pretty significant is uh, going down involving one Dalton Castle. Uh, you oh, could, yeah? Is yeah. There a particular person going for a particular title that night? I've, I've heard a rumor that there might be something could, like that happening. Could the winds of Ring of Honor change forever? <laughs> we hope so. We really, really what, hope so. Wouldn't that be a night? How cool! Walking into Baltimore as the Ring of Honor World Champion. Think about that. Think about how badly you want that. Yes, yes, we do. We really badly want that. I mean, how cool is well, that, that going to be for you to face well, Adam Cole in in Florida for the belt at like a really huge event for Ring of Honor? It's going to be amazing for me. It's going to be a big event. Uh, it's going to be terrible for Adam Cole, because <laughs> uh, it's, it's going to be my night. That's the night where I walk in, I work hard. I, I just literally, just right before I got on this call with you, walked out of a, a, a training session, uh, pummeling and, and drilling and, and just doing throws for, for the last two hours. I, I feel good. I feel ready. And honestly... This is what I work for, so it's, it's great to finally see this happening. What is Dalton Castle's uh, first objective after he finally gets his hands on the belt? I'm going to buy bigger luggage. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you ask a question, and you need to know. That's a really – you don't even think about it because you've got to take that thing around with you everywhere you go. Oh, yeah, and it's a good thing I'm starting to get some status on uh, on the United Airlines because I'm going to have to, I'm going to need to throw my weight around if I've got one of those bags that they're like, hey, that can't go in the overhead. And I'm like, listen, listen, lady, I'm the Ring of Honor World Champion. That's what I'm going to say. 
You know, when a quarterback wins the MVP, he always buys his offensive line a gift. Mm. It, when you win the Ring of Honor title, do the boys get a little something? The boys will get some treats that evening. I don't want to disclose what they'll be getting. <laughs> be like ruining a surprise. <laughs> Dalton Castle is with us on Jobbing Out. The, of course, Ring of Honor is coming back to Baltimore. It is in April, April 8th at the Myers Pavilion. You can go to ROHWrestling.com to get your tickets. Dude, you've, you know, you have been quite the phenomenon in professional wrestling now for a little while. Did you get a sense of, you mentioned that night where you sort of got your first push in Baltimore, but how quickly did you get a feel for the fact that, like, it was legitimately clicking with the fans and, like, that people were really feeling what it is that you're doing? Um, I, I don't know how to put that into words. I, I still haven't really accepted it. Like, there's, there, I'll never, I'll never have overwhelming confidence that things are going to go amazing before I walk out that curtain. I'll never, I'll never wait for my music and think, ah, no problem, the people <laughs> love me. Because I'll never, I'll never understand it. But I'll always appreciate it. And I'm constantly surprised and, and thankful uh, without the fans of Ring of Honor being so accepting and uh, loud about how they feel about me, then I'd, there would be no success. I would I would be back in the same position I've been in eight years ago. So I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to get too comfortable in the spot I'm in. You know what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> Just the, the ride that you've been on, and, and I, got, I have a question for you. So many people in your position have, who have been extremely entertaining in the ring have fallen into a trap where they, they've gotten so entertained that it's almost hard to take them seriously at times. But you've never had that problem. Is that something that you ever really think about when you're in the ring? I'm not worried about that at all. Uh, I am who I am. Uh, I'm confident in what I do. And sure, I got a nice entrance. I got an army full of boys. But when it all comes off, when the jumpsuit is taken off, I'm still a wrestler underneath, and I'm a damn good one, so I'm never going to lose that. I'm not going to lose touch of why I do this, what I love, and and who I really am. Um, Give me, because I've got got a guess. Give me when people come up to you, say, in an airport, the celebrity that you are most often misrecognized as. Oh... Denzel Washington. Okay, that one was, it was close. That one was damn near, it was like, that was the second one on the list. I was going to guess. between Denzel Washington and Ray Romano. Oh, right, right in the middle is what I was going to say. I was yeah, hoping that it's, 50-50. I was hoping that at some point somebody saw a group of people around you and they attempted to approach you and said, dude, you're Andy Samberg. Like, I was hoping that at some point in your life you've gotten that one. I've never gotten the Andy Samberg. Really? One. Okay. But wow. Andy Samberg has also, gotten Dalton Castle. That's probably true. Yes. Also, <laughs> you grossly overestimate my popularity when you think there's a mob of people. I didn't say a area. mob. I just said like oh. there's there's a couple of people that recognize you, and then you know how this always works. There's the other person that's sort of standing on the outside who's like, "Huh, that guy must be somebody," because other people are going up to him. Who is he? And then they try to figure it out. You've never had that. <laughs> Constantly, people are just handing me their Cinnabons. They want me to sign the frosting. They're like, take my baby and carry on. I'm like, I already got two. Not babies, but carry on. 
Um, where do I sign up to become one of the boys? Like, I'm assuming there's a weight limit, but I think I could cut weight in order to <laughs> be honored with that privilege. What, 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 who's, who's speaking right now? Which one's this? That's AJ. He's our resident football AJ? player. AJ, you got good football hands. You got a sturdy base. You could be an honorary boy. Yeah! Yes. Everybody. Holy yes. crap! Everybody could be my boy. <laughs> Listen, I got... I, I never have, I'll never have enough boys. Sure, I've got Brent and Brandon, those, those two little boys. They're my main boys. They're always there. Those are the ones I can always count on, but I need more. <laughs> Don't we all? Don't we all? Yeah, that's the truth. There's no doubt about that. Hey, hey, Dalton, um, you know, this is, you're at this point now where you've been doing this in, in Ring of Honor for a little while and people are starting to get to know you. Do you start, like, looking around and saying, you know, I, I wonder who's here to look at me tonight. Like, do you start getting any of those feelings just yet? Uh, I hope everybody is there to look at me. Well, I, you're right, I get that. I mean, more specifically, do you start thinking about maybe some folks at the top of the wrestling business that might be looking at you a little bit? Oh, uh, no. <laughs> well, well, there goes that, then. I'm performing for the fans. If someone else sneaks in and gets a little glimpse and sees something they like, that's, that's completely on them. I'm not doing it for somebody else's attention. I'm doing it to please the people. You were, a, you were a radio guy, right? Do I remember that correctly? That's true. How does this happen? Because, like, the, the, how do you go from radio guy, and I know that you had been a little bit in wrestling at that point, but how do you go from radio guy to the point that you're at right now? Uh, well, a lot of luck, a lot of, uh, a lot of skill, um, to be, I, I probably would still be a radio guy if people in radio believed in me as much as people in wrestling believed hmm. in me. Hmm. Yeah, that's a big problem but, uh, in our business. That's, that's oh, a, that's a real, oh, yeah. I did are those real peacock feathers on those fans? That's what I really need to know. Yes, but no peacocks were harmed in the making of the fans. <laughs> it's important. It's important. It's important, no doubt. You know, you have taken the wrestling world by storm. Just obviously the Ring of Honor. Way, could we be kissing his ass anymore right well, now? Well, like, should you? Should you? Should we not be? I mean, let, let's, let's, let's. More, more. <laughs> I was going to say we, we should be giving more praise to this man. Um, I'm obviously, hungry, the Ring of I only eat compliments. <laughs> <laughs> the Ring of Honor title is obviously on your list, but you know we're at the beginning of the year. People are making their their resolutions, kind of looking forward to the rest of the year. Besides the Ring of Honor title, which is a given, what what else is on your list of things that you you want to accomplish or you you have to do in wrestling? I want a room full of pillows in my house. A room that's full of pillows, maybe a trampoline floor. I feel like that could be fun. Um. I'd like to, I'm all in on this like so far. Japan more. Mm, okay. I'd like to, uh, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm on my way back for a second trip uh, in a in like a month, I think. So that's going to be exciting. I hope to kind of like make a little bit bigger splash over there. And there's there's a big world out there. I want to wrestle everywhere. I've, I think I've only been to. Uh, I feel like it's I, I don't know maybe it's five countries I've got to wrestle in maybe six. But I want to. I want to wrestle them all. I want to see the world, and I want to do what I love uh, in 
in these countries. It's awesome. How did the Japanese fans take to Dalton Castle? They're used to, you know, a lot more of a grounded, realistic style, and then the the, the ultimate entertainer shows up. How, how do they take to you? Well, they faint. They just fall over. <laughs> they just they can't they can't stay awake because they're so excited. <laughs> Aaron, have you, you never seen, seen a Michael, like Jackson, Michael Jackson concert went to where the girls are screaming and getting carried out? That's what it's like. <laughs> God, you're great. God, he's so great. All right, he is Dalton Castle. Um, uh, let's let's get some plugs in. It's at the Dalton Castle on Twitter is how you follow him. What else can we plug for you, dude? Website, T-shirts, anything like that? Uh, yeah, I've got the Pro Wrestling Tees store. Uh, I've also got some. Sweet new shirts at uh, rohwrestling.com. They uh, they constantly are cranking some good ones out there for me. Uh, and just keep coming to Ring of Honor shows, man. Uh, it's it, there's honestly nothing like it. Uh, being at a live event is what kind of lit the spark under my ass to get myself a job here, and I, I'm not. I haven't regretted it. I don't look back, and I love what I'm doing, and I. I and that shows when when I and everybody else in that locker room gets in that ring. No doubt, no doubt, it's a lot of fun. And again, April eighth, Ring of Honor at the Myers Pavilion here in Baltimore. If you haven't been, it's a hell of a show. It's a great time. Uh, Rohwrestling.com. Hey Dalton, we really appreciate it, man. There's gonna be sparks and fire and 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 and, and it's good. It's gonna be like the Puppy Bowl, but with people. <laughs> Dude, we have to do this again. All right, we're doing this again. We're having you back on because I can't get enough Dalton Castle in my life. All right. Well, I'm charging you next time. That's fine. Okay. <laughs> thanks, brother. All right, guys. Thanks. Awesome. That guy kicks ass. I love that. The, the funny thing is, it wasn't like I went into it saying, oh, my God, we got to kiss his ass. But just hearing him talk, he's, you, yeah, you naturally great. do it. He's really, really and great. And he's, he's a guy who, you know, I, I've heard some people say when it comes to, you know, WWE or something like that, oh, you know, maybe he won't get over because, you know, it's, it's all the gimmick. I've seen him get over with several. It, it's his charisma. It's, no, not, no, it's not just the game. Yep. Like he got over in Shikara. He was smooth sailing Ashley Remington, where he's just this this rich guy who's because of the, the gimmick he was part. He had to have good sportsmanship and show what you know what a good rich guy can be all about. And he was tremendous. Then one of the most entertaining things I've ever seen. So no, if he awesome. ever comes up, it, yep. he's everything. He's awesome. All right, AJ. We know you got a role, so let's get your plugs in real quick. Tell everybody about uh, where they can find you on social media and the Francis Sports Academy. Yeah, you can find me on uh, Twitter at AJFrancis410. Um, you can find us and my dad, the 17-0 and head coach of the Old Mill basketball men's team, um, I guess boys' team. <laughs> and uh, he has uh, clinics coming up this Sunday. We're still doing clinics. Uh, you can sign up at FrancisSportsAcademy.com, or you can find more information there. You can also follow us on Instagram at Francis underscore sports or on Twitter at Francis underscore sports. You want to learn from the best, we're the best. Zero losses, baby. That's what we do. That's awesome. All we do is win. That's awesome. All right, when we come back in, um, we are gonna. I had a chance to catch up with Rod. He hate me smart. The XFL documentary probably already aired. You probably already watched it or you're about to watch it on your DVR. But it was a great interview. He, we couldn't get him on the wrestling show, unfortunately, because he was going to do ESPN stuff this week. But I had a chance to chat with him on my show, so we're going to listen in on that. And then Aaron and I are going to come in and wrap up for the week after that. I'm Glenn. He's Aaron. And he's the main event. AJ Francis, this is Jobbing Out. Hi there. KZ here with Sarita, the NFL chick. Every Sunday from 10 a.m. to noon, you can hear us right here on PressBoxOnline.com slash radio for the PressBox Fantasy and Reality Football, Football Show. show. Sarita tries to keep me in check. I get a little uh, 
shady every no, once No, I just in a while. try to keep KZ in realistic world instead of you either it's stink a, or you're great. It's all about fantasy. It doesn't matter what's real. It just doesn't. Yes, because wins and losses don't matter, KZ. They don't. They don't. Garbage time is <laughs> winning time. That's all that matters. Anyway, you can listen to us, as I said, 10 a.m. to noon right here. Pressbox Online dot com slash radio or slash fantasy whichever you're in the mood for nfl college football 10 a.m baseball 10 a.m to noon every sunday the press box fantasy and reality football show pressboxonline.com slash radio how well do you pick weekly nfl games pick factor is the free new app that lets you pick each week's games and see how you do against your friends or against the whole country join other leagues or create your own custom league all for free pick factor is easy to download from the google play store or the app store when you open the pick factor app for the first time a full tutorial shows you what to do play against the press box staff when you download pick factor click join a league and enter league name pbs for press box sports once you enter pbs you'll be able to see how your weekly picks do against the press box staff this week anyone who beats the press box staff will automatically be qualified to win a 25 dollars royal farms gift card one winner will be chosen from everyone who beats our entire staff you need to be 18 or older to enter and live in maryland no purchase is necessary we will notify the winner through email in the pick factor app if nobody beats our entire staff the person in our league with the highest score will win the 25 dollars gift card to get the most points fill out your picks by thursday it's you against the press box pros download the pick factor app in the google play store or the app store Joining us now to talk about that, his memories, the XFL, and his memories of a nice career in the NFL as well, where he played also in a Super Bowl. You remember him as He Hate Me. He is the great Rod Smart, and he joins us now on GCR. Rod, it's Glenn and Kyle back in Baltimore, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Hey, hey, thanks for allowing me to be on the show, man. Absolutely, man. All right, so there's so much that I want to cover with you, because i got to admit, I am a nerdy cult xfl i'm all in on all of it and i've heard some stories about you can we start with just where did he hate me come from because i know i've heard the story before but i'd love to hear it from you well it's a it's a, it's a couple of different stories but uh one of them uh basically based on my uh competitive edge and you know i'm, I'm so much of a competitor and, uh, you know, my, my idea of it was, you know, when I kick my competitor's ass, my opponent's ass, uh, he's going to hate me for it. But, uh, <laughs> it kind of started when I was, uh, you know, we, we, we started training camp and whatnot for the XFL. You know, we had about a, a month to prepare for practice and stuff before the season started. And, uh, you know, it was kind of one of those things where you, you go into it, this new league and this new team and, players from all over, you know, and, and some big names and whatnot, but, uh, you know, you, you, you think it's equal opportunity because everything's fresh and new, so it's like a new start for everyone. And, uh, and, and at this point in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, these big names don't mean nothing to me. You know, everybody got to come in here and show their skill set. You know, it doesn't matter what you've done, your accolades in college or in the NFL prior or whatever, you know, it, that doesn't matter, at least not to me, maybe right. to, coaches because you know the politics play its role everywhere but uh and 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 you know going into it, it was a lot of uh big name players and whatnot and, and and some some of the guys pretty much had starting positions so i couldn't understand that so 
you know, my thing was to uh, take it out on whomever, you know. So in practice and whatnot, if I ran a guy over or juked the guy and scored or whatever, you know, I would just blurt out, ah, he hate me, you know, you know, <laughs> shake somebody out of their shoes, out of their cleats and, 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 and just kind of, ah, he hate me, you know, just, that was just my little thing, you know, with, within, uh, you know, training camp and whatnot. So, uh, you know, it was a no-brainer by the time they gave us the option to put whatever we wanted on the back of our jersey, so, and, it, and it worked. So Charlie Ebersol told me that it almost didn't happen. Can you take me back to the first game where they, they, they were trying to not have you wear that jersey? Well, what it was, uh, I think the first week coming into it when they gave us that option, uh, me and a couple of my buddies, uh, Ben Snell, uh, who had Thoreau on the back of his jersey, and Chris Jakuma, who had Chuck Wagon on the back of his. Okay. You know, we were sitting there, of course, brainstorming, and um, and, and and then, you know, the he hate me thing, you know, I wanted to put it back there on my jersey. And so when they, uh, when we took it to uh, the folks that gave us uh, that option to do so, uh, of course, you know, Mr. McMahon was the, the, the higher person with the say-so, but uh, whoever was in, in at the time in charge of that, uh, when I mentioned it, you know, it was like, no, nah, no, nah, that's uh, it's too negative. It has the word hate in it. And, uh, <laughs> it's, it's probably gang related. And it was just all this nonsense they was creating to, you know, not allow me to be me. You know, so uh, you know, I was like, well, that's not fair. You know, you give us this option right. to put whatever we want on our jersey. Right. Then when I create something that I like, that I want to put out there. It shows my personality, and and now I'm, you know, not able to do so. So at that point, I was like, uh, "Hey, who's in charge? Who who can I talk to about getting this? I want this." And it's like, "Well, you got to talk to Mr. McMahon." I went to talk to Vince McMahon, and uh, he loved it. Oh yeah, yeah, I use it. I I love it. So um, (laughs) you know, when when in uh, and and, you know, it's right now we're still talking about it still right today. Right, that's the amazing uh, part. You know, uh, hats off to whomever was hating back then. <laughs> I mean, not to do it. So, so if they, you, somebody had told you then that night of that first game that 16 years later you would still be well known, that you would still be sort of a cultish figure, in part because of that decision to put "He Hate Me" on the back of your jersey. I'm assuming you would have laughed at them, right? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) I had no clue it would take off the way it did. When did you know? Like, when did you know it was a big deal that you had gone out there and and that you were going by He Hate Me? Like, when did you start to feel it? Uh, Well, actually, I I didn't know, like, during the game or whatnot, because I couldn't tell. I was just out there uh, focused on playing the game of football because that was my primary goal. And, uh, you know, the he hate me thing was just to get some acknowledgement, you know, just for people to be like, oh, whoa, he hate me. Who is this guy? Let me, let me, let me check him out. Is he all right? Is he nice? <laughs> you know, so that, that's what that was for. And then, you know, my, my main goal was to ball up. So <clears throat> with me being able to do that as well, it, uh, it shows everything, uh, that that league was about, you know, uh, some, uh, you know, some, Crazy nicknames, uh, of course, a, a lot of different rule changes, uh, a few of them anyway, and uh, and just some good football and some smash mouth football like yep. that. Yep. But uh, you know, I just um, 
one of the things I uh, wanted to accomplish uh, in, in the league as a whole. Yeah. No doubt, no doubt. Rod Smart is with us. He hate me. Rod, you know, you accomplished so much as a football player beyond the XFL, but, like, how special are those memories, and how amazed are you by the fact that, like, there is still this unbelievable fascination that people had with a league that existed for all of one season? Oh, man. Um, I, I <laughs> that, that, um, that's a good question. Uh, you know, I, I can only, uh, it's, it's great to see that this stuff is still relevant today. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it, it saddens me that it only went one season, but because that, you know, for a lot of guys, uh, more seasons could have worked, would have worked or helped them more. Uh, the one year it was beneficial for me, but, you know, as a whole for the league, it wasn't beneficial for a lot of the other players. So, right. uh, you know, I got what I got out of it, but, you know, uh, that was me understanding what you had to bring to that league and to the game at that point. Uh, you know, Mr. McMahon, he, he created him and Mr. Ebersol. So, uh, you know, with Mr. McMahon being the entertainment piece, you know, I was able to bring that about in that league as well. And uh, and that's why, uh, you know, I'm, I'm one of the big biggest uh, deals that come from that league, you know, because I understood what I had to do while I was there. Yeah. You know, uh, not only just, you know, get out to watch me, but ball up as well, because you know that's just, that's just what you got to do. You know, to even be in the NFL, you got to ball up, or you're getting moved out of the way. There's no doubt. By the next guy up that's trying to beat you out. So uh, that's that's what any sport is all about, you know. So you you, you know, go you yeah no question but you go from the XFL to spending the next six years in the NFL. How much like when you were on the field did you deal with guys saying, oh it's oh it's he hate me like how much did you deal with that that trash talk during the course of the six seasons that you spent in the NFL after that? Uh, you know uh, honestly a lot of the guys embraced it. You know they they loved it. You know, I, I guess they were, uh, you know, of course, you know, everybody that played football, uh, uh, more so football fans than anything. So when you get this guy that come from this different league that stood out, not only his skill set, but his name as well, uh, with, with those two things, you know, uh, being able to come and, and help your team win, you know, and, and, and I, I think more so the key thing was, me being able to play and understanding the game of football uh, yeah. and being able to help the team, whatever teams win. You know, I was a big part of special teams with all the teams I played with. So uh, when guys uh, saw that and understood that, you know, they embraced it. You know, That's cool. Uh, they, they kind of, you know, uh, accept, accepted me coming in, you know, just because of the name. But then when they saw I can play, right. you know, I was I was automatically yeah. uh, part of the brotherhood at that point in you know, so I was part of the family, so it was it was fun, it was fun deal, man. And uh, you know, no no guys never really had any animosity towards me or anything. They just uh, embraced me in their brotherhood, and and uh, you know, I, I played long enough to be a part of the brotherhood. So you know, I'm officially a, a 
former NFL player. No doubt. And an accomplished former NFL player. There's no doubt about that. Uh, Rod, one of the guys that you got to play with in Carolina, we had here in Baltimore for the last few years, and I feel like he literally lived by the moniker of He Hate Me, and that, of course, is uh, the future Hall of Famer Steve Smith, who uh, played literally every moment of his life like he had that type of chip on his shoulder. Did, did you know then when, when you first came to Carolina and he was uh, only, I think, a second-year player at that point, did you know then like how special that guy was capable of being? Uh, uh, at that point, uh, I saw it because I really saw him develop. You know, uh, I think his first year in 01 with Carolina, the year he got drafted, I was with the Eagles. Uh, he was more so, he was more of a return specialist than anything. So, uh, in 02, when I got to Carolina and was, we were teammates, uh, I saw the hard work he put in on the field and, uh, just, you know, staying focused and, and football was his, uh, he was just driven to play it, and uh, he did everything he needed to do to get better as a player and as an athlete. So, uh, you know, I saw him develop, and, and I saw him become great, you know, right before my eyes. Yeah. You know, I saw the development stages, you know, with my own eyes. So being able to see that and watch that uh, develop was was a, a awesome experience, you know. And, you know, and, and, you know, we was able to be, you know, good friends as well. And, uh, and, and, you know, he was one of the guys that, that liked, uh, the he hate me thing. So when I came in, he was cool. you know, throw that at me or whatever. Yeah, so, right. You know, it's, it's kind of a fun thing we, we had and whatnot. But, um, you know, he's a, he's a great guy, you know, and, um, and, and of course, uh, even better player. So, you know, you, we, we all saw that, you know, with his play on the field with, uh, Carolina, of course, and then with the Ravens as well. Oh, no question. Did you, did you ever, cause I, you know, we, we talk about the chip he had on his shoulder. You never had like a fight with him or anything, did you? Cause it seems like he was always willing to fight everybody. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing about Smitty, uh, and that's what we called him. Yeah. He, you know, he's just, um, you know, he's not a bad guy or anything. He just. He's intense. He, you gotta understand him. You know, if you <laughs> understand him, you, you won't cross any lines, you know, and, uh, you know, he, he didn't go around picking fights or anything. He just, uh, you know, he just, he didn't take no shit, and, and, <laughs> and uh, you know, and, and you know, you—that's just one of the things, you know. You you, you got to be tough in this game, you know. <laughs> you know, and and he's not like a big receiver, but he plays big, right. so that's where he get all his respect. Because if you just look at him, you'd be like, oh, this guy's small. So you you may uh, look at trying to take advantage of a small guy like that, but you know, he has a big heart, <laughs> plays big, and you know he. He thinks big. Everything he do is big, you know, but just from a smaller body, you know. But, uh, uh, you know, he just he's just one of those guys. He don't take no shit. So that's, you understand that. You understand Smitty, and you, you won't cross that line. That, that's literally the, the most the, just the most perfect way I've ever heard that dude described. That is so – you nailed that, man. Hey, um, Rod, so did I hear correctly that uh, – because we had Jake Del Homo on not recently. Did he name a horse after you a few years later? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a uh, a horse, and uh, he named it She Hate Me. That's, you know, coming from my name, so that's uh, awesome. It, it, it was fun. We, we used to have some fun. Uh, we we had a a great camaraderie uh, in uh, Carolina players. You know, just us together. We was just like family, man. All of us, and uh, and it showed with our play on the field because you know, uh, once we got that team going on full throttle, you know 
course, that 03 season, we went to the Super Bowl. So it that shows you the chemistry we had within that team and, and the things we were capable of doing. Uh, oh, that's so great, man. That's so cool. Like, I can't get over how awesome that is. All right, he's Rod Smart. Rod, you know, obviously everybody's excited about the, uh, the, the 30 for 30 on Thursday night, but tell me, what else have you been up to recently? What's, what's life like, uh, you know, years removed from football at this point for Rod Smart? Uh, you know, I, I still watch football here and there when I get a chance. Uh, I'm a big fan of college football, so I watch that more than anything, uh, when I get a chance to, uh, when I feel like watching football. Uh, sometimes I just stay away from it, but, uh, other than that, uh, you know, I, uh, I do motivational speaking more so to the youth. Uh, That's cool. And 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 it's you know my uh, the uh, website is uh, prosforlife.com. So the company is Pros for Life, and uh, it's just basically you know I'm trying to reach out to the youngsters uh, because you know they're the up and coming people of the world. Yep. You know, uh, you know our generation is here, and and it's going to be gone at some point. So we got to bring get the next generation prepared. For this time uh, in this this, this world in, in, as a whole, but um, you know, I just kind of uh, speak to the youth and, and try to get them to understand how to be pro- a professional and carry themselves as professionals at a young age. You know, it's never too young to young, uh, to learn. So if I can get this in their heads and their minds and uh, allow them to focus on life and get themselves together, by the time they get to high school and stuff, they already know what they want to do in life, you know, college isn't for everyone. So as long as you know how to be a professional in the real world and carry yourself like that, it's a lot of things you can do and be successful with. Um, and, um, and, and that goes for anyone, you know. Yeah. And, you know, I speak to athletes, uh, non-athletes, it doesn't matter, but, you know, anybody can be a professional that's in, awesome. in the world. And, and that's important as a whole, you know, how you carry yourself, you know, carrying yourself to the quorum and, and just things of that nature, you know, being able to be around people and in a civilized manner and, and, and just in society alone and, and having common courtesy for your uh, your other human being people. That's awesome. That's awesome. Again, it's prosforlife.com is how you can find out more. And uh, and are you – did I see that you're back on Twitter? Is it at he hate me? Yeah, 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 Excellent. yeah. Back on Twitter. It's, it's been a while, but uh, I figured I – jump back on it since uh it's a good week to do it right for 30 is going yep. on yeah 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 no doubt about that <laughs> at he hate me on twitter rod seriously uh huge fan this is a thrill man really appreciate you taking the time for us can't wait to see the flick on thursday night and uh i uh, would love to catch up with you again down the road oh no doubt man i'm here just give me a shout yeah it's he hate me um i had a lot of fun talking to him i know aaron you were mad because you wanted him on but i i apologize just you the, jerk the schedule did not work out for uh, Rod Smart to be able to do it with us because he's got to do a bunch of ESPN stuff this week, and understandably so. It's their movie. Um, we're taping on Thursday afternoon, so we haven't seen it yet, but I am stoked. If you missed Charlie Ebersaw when he was on with us a few months ago, that's worth going back and listening Absolutely. to. Um, just if, if you're of a certain age, the XFL will always be... Especially if you're a wrestling fan at that certain age. I Yes, I agree with that. A phenomenon unlike many things that we have seen. It was... It it flew high and flew fast. And I feel like you, you just with the stories involved, you could have made this like a 
OJ length, you know, five oh, I know. night, and, I know. and you wouldn't have even scratched the surface. No doubt. I mean, I, I remember I've had Ebersol down on 980 when I was producing shows uh, over the past few weeks, and he's told, you know, something I believe that He Hate Me talked about how he had to go to Vince McMahon the day of the game and ask him for permission to use the He Hate Me name. Yep. He just has so many stories that we yep. didn't even get to touch on. Well, I mean, he brought that up with me. Right, well, He yeah. Hate Me, but, but Ebersol with us. Oh, yeah, but he, sure. You know, he, he has different stories for every single show, and it's fantastic. No doubt about that. All right, so that was cool. Now, uh, let's you and I wrap up this week by doing a quick count. Uh, some stuff that we haven't had a chance to talk about uh, that we should. Uh, where to begin? How about we begin with uh, something that happened in our neck of the woods? Yeah, we, we thought about We wanted to go to uh, MCW, uh, the Broken Anniversary show, uh, this past weekend. We couldn't go. Yeah, well, I mean, we we probably could have, but... They turned away 400 people. It is remarkable. They t- had to turn away so, 400 so people for those in of you, For those of you that aren't in our audience, uh, MCW is our indie locally. It's And there's a couple indies that are local. Uh, we, uh, we've had good relationships with the, with the indies. I mean, Adrenaline kind of doesn't exist anymore because James Ellsworth said, eh, think about that is, I'd rather go do this. <laughs> totally understandable. Uh, and it was his company. I mean, that's if you don't know James Ellsworth, who... Uh, was James Morris and just a guy yes. in Baltimore uh, was running this thing, Adrenaline Championship Wrestling, and it was his company. And all of a sudden, life changed for that dude, and and such is life. But obviously, primal conflict, primal Nova conflict. Pro, we, we, great. we've had no doubt. yeah, a lot a lot of good indie, and, no and it's really rising. You can tell that uh, just in our area, the Mid Atlantic, Maryland, Virginia specifically, there's a kind of renewed interest in indie wrestling around here. But the the biggest one locally is MCW, which used to be Maryland Championship Wrestling. They got rid of that branding because they want to be more regional. MCW is what they're called. They have had relationships with the Hardys for years, years. In fact, Matt Hardy was previously their um, their cha- uh, uh, heavyweight champion while he was still performing um, with Impact Wrestling yeah, at the be- time. Be- before they were in WWE, they were hanging out at MCW. Right. They, they weren't an official trainee, but they were a right. regular for MCW. And they've come back and they've done a lot with them, so they decided to do an event in completely tailored around the Hardys. And everyone, I mean the entire family... Uh, including Senor Benjamin, came out for this event. And they realized as they got closer to showtime, this is massive. They, they, their, their hall is, it's hard to describe, it's part of a flea market. It is not huge. But they can get about a thousand people there. I think uh, fourteen hundred is their max. Is that their number? I, I, I believe right. it's fourteen hundred. They can get somewhere in that neighborhood. And they knew that they were going to have more people than they had space for. The other problem with that place is that, like, where do you park? Because yeah. they're in a shopping center. That's the parking that they have. There's not a lot of streets nearby that people can park. Like, there's a real parking problem at MCW as well. So they know they're going to have this packed hall, and they they go on. And they say, guys, if you don't have your tickets right now. You may be out. You, you might not be able to get in tonight. And that turned out to be the case as an appearance from the Hardys. Again, all of them, Matt, Jeff, uh, Rebby, uh, King Maxwell, Senior Benjamin, the whole crew ended up not only selling out, but 400 people yeah. turned away at the door. First time they've ever had to turn anybody away. They didn't have room for him. Just, I mean... We had kind of talked about when he showed up on Ring of Honor at the uh, the final battle. Exactly how big is Matt Hardy? We didn't know if this, is this just you know is this a big thing amongst the hardcore, right? Or is this actually getting to people? Now let's let's say this. Keep in mind there are still a lot of people that 
love Matt and Jeff Hardy yes. that don't necessarily have anything to do with, with Broken, Broken Matt. Correct. But at the same time, they've had big names in the past come through MCW. They've had, you know, when Jake was going into the Hall of Fame, they had Jake the Snake show up. They, they've had big names, and they've never well, had they've, to, they've had Ric Flair multiple times. They've had times. Ric Flair. They've never had to turn people away. Broken Matt Hardy is a thing. No, nobody's de- nobody's debating that. I, I think it's bigger than maybe we even realize. Okay, I don't disagree with you, but I would I would still keep coming back to this is not. You cannot dismiss the fact that there were probably, I don't know what the number is, people that were there oh. that weren't there because of broken Matt Hardy. I, I think, and I agree with you, but I think that that's part of it. Whether whether you're there to see him because of the new gimmick, right. whether you're there to see him bit, because of there's, Matt there's and a, Jeff. There's a handful of people that were there because Matt Hardy's so over yeah. that Matt Hardy started over. Now, credit the MCW. There's also a handful of people that just go to every MCW show. Yeah. They, I, have, they have built that. Well, I mean, let, let's let's be clear. They've had the Hardys plenty of times in the past, even recently. And well, they, they haven't had this. They haven't had Matt and Jeff together in a while. I, I feel like it's they been did a, last year. I feel like they had I them in the spring. I'm not. Po- oh, because Jeff was injured for a little while. Yeah, I don't feel. I don't. I, they've had. I don't remember. They, they've definitely. Time. They've definitely had them in the relatively like within the past couple of years. They've had Matt and Jeff together. You're telling me that Matt and Jeff Hardy. I, I'm. I'm fairly confident on that one. Uh, I. I don't remember that. I know they've had Matt. I know they've had. I, I just. I do not remember there being an event in the like, last couple of years that both of them. I, I'm came fairly out confident for. that. There was at least I can, I can remember, and it might not have been them. They might not have ended up wrestling as a tag. For some reason, I feel like they were together, and they ended up wrestling as like an, an eight-man tag. I believe that's the case. I want to say it was a fall show at some point, like a, one of their big November shows, or uh, you know, they they have one. I feel like at the end of October, early November. I don't remember exactly. I feel like that's the case though. Um, but yeah, I mean, they did. I don't know if you saw the video from the event. They came out. Everybody did the delete, delete, delete. Well, and... well the really cool thing for MCW is that so they made the match that the Hardys were in for both the MCW MCW. and Impact Wrestling Tag Team Championships, and now it's going to air on Impact. Yes, which is huge, huge. for MCW. I mean, that's just so massive. Yeah. I can't put it into words how and, big and, that and, is. And it is interesting the what the Hardys did this weekend, which is win tag titles in, I think, three different independent promotions. Um, you know, some people would actually say that that's not necessarily a good thing because then it's less like, oh, you can come in and take the tag titles. Kind of, what does that say about your guys if, if that's the case? But I think that the the interesting thing, what the Hardys are doing right now, the fact that they are they are now announced for Supercard of Honor. We, we talked with Dalton Castle mm-hmm. about they're announced for that. They are going and taking all these technicians, and they are acknowledging these companies on impact. I assume they're going to show up whenever the next live thing is. They, they will have probably the MCW tag titles on impact. You know, obviously they'll show the match, but they'll probably be wearing it. I think that this thing that the Hardys are doing is fascinating. I, I think, and it could be very, very good for the wrestling no, business I'm, as a whole. I certainly don't disagree with any of that. I mean, there is no doubt that it is, it's incredible what they're doing right now, and it's its certainly the biggest thing that's ever happened for Impact Wrestling. There's no question about that, and might be the singular reason why Impact Wrestling still exists at this point, given everything else they've been through in the past 12 months. It might very well be that without the Hardys without something that people were tuning in for, without there being some carrot. Well, it's it's like what I said at the year end. The MVP in wrestling of this year was right, because Matt he Hardy have, because have... he was the only reason we weren't just talking about their terribleness. Well, uh, the state of their business. Right, right. Well, else, I'm right. saying the, the story of TNA, there were two stories in TNA. The, the state of their business and Broken Matt Hardy. Oh, correct. There's no doubt about that. It's it's unbelievable what they've been able to do that way. And And, again, I think it's why there's some disappointment from folks that, 
it, it's not led to a WWE run and what we've all wanted to see, which is Matt Hardy, Bray Wyatt. And can they stay this hot for another year, right? Is that possible? Yes. Do the Hardys at this point just sort of say, we don't care if we ever do that? Like, you know, we, we have full, we have full creative control in TNA. We can right. do whatever. They, they are not going to be able to do what they're doing in WWE. They'll, I, they'll, they'll be doing a version of right. it. Right. But it's very clear that whatever they want to do in TNA when it comes to the, the final deletion and everything. No doubt. No, doubt. no one is saying no to that. That's absolutely true. Well, why would they at this point, right? Like at first we were all like, really? You're going to, and then all of a sudden we said, oh no, no, we love this. It's wonderful. Um, it's incredible. It's incredible. It also means that you, you, presumably at some point they're going to be back for another event with MCW, and there's the question now if you're an indie like MCW, they have this hall that's theirs, but do you attempt to do an event somewhere bigger? Do you attempt to say, well, if we had 1,400, we turned away 400. Let's see if we can get 25, you know, right. 2,000, could, could we go to a college basketball size building like Towson University and do something oh, there? there? Where, uh, they had where they had NXT, absolutely. Like, is that something that we could do for one event with the Hardys and maybe add in one other person, something right. like that? Could we pull that off? And, and it's a question they're asking themselves right now, obviously, with MCW, but... We love them, and that was incredible. An incredible, incredible event that they had, obviously, with the Hardys over the weekend. All right. Um, one thing from the Rumble that you and I did not, or that we didn't discuss with AJ. There was a weird moment. I, I thought the Kevin Owens, Roman Reigns thing was brilliant. The only thing I thought it was missing was, I really wanted, after it was suggested to me that the way, like, cause we all knew that they were gonna do something with Chris Jericho from the cage, it was the, the Nux, was that it ended up being. Yes. It was suggested to me before the match that the belt should be what they use, right? Like, that they let Chris Jericho go up into this cage with the championship belt. Okay. Right? Like, hello? Yeah. That should be it. And so I was a little bit disappointed that they didn't. Sorry, what is it? Throwing down the list would have been another great The idea. list would have been phenomenal. I do agree with that if the list had been what they ended up doing. Um, the, there was a moment in that match that was that was odd, and no one seems to be talking all that much about it. Like, it sort of seems to be a, oh, that was cool, but that's all that it was. And maybe that's truly what it's going to end up being, but it was a little weird. We got to talk about the fact that Kevin Owens delivered a stunner during the course of the match for no apparent reason whatsoever. Um, I mean... It was cool, and, and it got Austin's attention. Austin tweeted about right. it after. The only reason that I don't know that we really... is This isn't, you know, obviously Cena for a while tried to use that springboard stunner. You have Lince Dorado right now doing the, the handspring stunner. Like, this is the first time it's been a direct kind of... This was a stone-cold stunner. Well, it was in a reversal. It wasn't like he kicked the gut and, and did the full thing there. It was, all, it was actually a pretty natural-looking move. It was in the course of a reversal there. So that's the only reason why I don't think it's necessarily a huge thing in that. But it's not something it. that he's been doing. It's not something Which that... Which is why, but, but why it's important that it came out of a reversal, I think. That it was almost like the natural, what's the natural reversal of that move? Oh, I'm just going to bring you down into the stunner. I, I guess, man. And it might ultimately be all that it is. It doesn't seem like you have Kevin Owens do a stunner and it, I, I don't, I, I don't know, man. I don't know what, it, it could be just me and being hopeful, and I'm not suggesting to be Kevin Owens versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's not going to happen. Although, you know, for years we thought that I, I don't know what it was that we really thought there was going to be one more with CM Punk, and then CM Punk walked away. Right? Maybe there's some desire I, in Stone I, Cold I just Steve think Austin. That if if Austin had the desire, it happens last year. 
Why last year? Because it was in Dallas. It was in Texas. I don't know that they, that, were, they, they were building up to it. You know, Heyman went on the Austin podcast and they kind of I, I played hear you. up the Brock I just Austin thing. I, I don't know that that's the match. If you're going to have Stone Cold well, come back. I don't back, know if I'd love that match, right. but like that was the moment. That was the, we're trying I, to fill 101, you know, 102,000 I, I understand people. what you're saying. I get that. I wonder if there's some part of Austin that's, that when the CM, remember he cut a promo on CM Punk, right? He cut a like, promo on Lesnar. It's a little bit different because there's no, there's no logical reason for him to have cut a promo on CM Punk, right? Like there's no history there. There's no nothing. He cut a promo on CM Punk. That to me said that there was at least a thought in his mind that maybe there could be something at right. some point, that that would be good. And the logical reason why that worked is because he's Stone Cold Steve Austin and that's like yes. the, our, the, the, the next generation's version right. of Stone Cold Steve yes, Austin. The right? anti-authority rebel, yes. Right. There's something about that that's similar to me when it comes to Kevin Owens. The concept of Kevin Owens was F you, I don't care. Right, like that was the Kevin Owens character that we were introduced to. Yes, this character has been a little bit different right. because it's been way about, way more about the friendships. So we haven't seen that guy, but that guy is still there. The F U I don't care about anything. I care about we, we, one we've thing. We've actually been seeing it come out a little bit more. And something that I've really liked is that you know when when Goldberg steps up, you know he doesn't step down. We get to see a flash of that. You know, right. I just want to fight. I'm the prize fighter type guy. Um, sure. Yeah, and that's a good point. That's yeah. a, I mean, it's a really good point. I I'm not telling you that I think that's going there, and again I'm I'm with you that I think the ship has sailed at this point. But if Stone Cold Steve Austin had said I do want one more, and the way to do it because I respect the business is that I want to do it against a younger guy, I want to do it against someone that's going to help, not Brock Lesnar. That's not going to help anything. It's just them trying to make some money off of me. I want to do something for the business. Kevin Owens would seem to be a logical person. You could, you could see it. I, there's, there's a storyline there that works. There's the, I'm Kevin Owens, go F yourself, and then Stone Cold comes back and says, I know that guy, I'm Stone Cold, go F yourself, and I'm better than you. Right? Like, there is some logical thing there that would make that appealing. I don't think it's coming. I don't, I just, when that moment happened, and I get that your argument is, it's a logical move to make, it's don't, don't overthink it. Mm. He never did it at an event that wasn't the Royal Rumble. He never did it somewhere where there weren't 52,000, whatever they announced, 52,000 people in attendance. That was the time where it became a logical move? Interesting. Interesting. That's all I'm saying. It's interesting. Just interesting. I mean, if nothing else, anytime you get to see a guy do a, you know, a different move, it's a little bit interesting. Oh, I mean, of course yeah. it is. Like, you, you, you have this reaction of, what the, you know, yeah. like, what, whoa. There were a couple of moments like that during the course of, of the pay-per-view that I thought were really great. Um, I, I'm not going to be dismissive of it, is I guess all I'm going to say. I'm not going to be – I'm just going to file it back. I'm going to file it back, and it's going to be there. And it might be nothing more than my dream booking, right? Like that might be all it is, but I'm just filing it away that I thought it was interesting. Yeah. I, just just for me, it's I, I think Austin's time. I, I, th- I think he would have wrestled by now if he was going to. That, that's I, just my – take on it um again in, except for my totally plausible thing which is that at some point he had planned to do something with cm punk it never panned out and he still has interest yeah. in doing something he's 52 they brought back sting at 57 yeah. 
right? Yeah. Like, yeah. And who knows? He gets the all it takes is one day he gets the itch. Right. One day he says, "My knee feels good enough. I, I, I'm not going to get through a, a classic Stone Cold match, but I could work a program with Kevin yep. Owens and I could do something for him, and it would be great." Sp- speaking of this, there is one thing we didn't touch on at all that I, the way Taker looked at the Rumble, mm. is this it? Like, is this it? I know when we've been saying it a lot. That's the problem, right? But this is as bad as... I feel like this is as bad as he's ever looked. I don't know. I I thought he looked like he was grimacing in there and he did not look comfortable. This is... I truly feel like I don't think I've ever seen Undertaker look that bad. I I have no... I I don't think he's looked good in the last couple of years, so I don't... But he's not looked bad, I didn't think. Um, Yeah, he looked really bad in the Lesnar match. He looked terrible. He looked horrendous. You mean at, after, wait, at WrestleMania? At WrestleMania 30, yes. Well, yes, when he got the concussion midway through he, the match. He, but I, but going into the match, he looked fine. I didn't think so. I, I thought he looked fine going into I the never match. got that sense. Look, the, uh, come on, man. This The guy's 50 years old. What, what, what do you think he's supposed to look like? Well, he lo- he's supposed to look like he can wrestle a match, and I don't think he looks like he can wrestle a match I, anymore. I, I don't think he's looked like he can wrestle a match for a couple of years. Uh, and that's... I I mean, he's been able to wrestle matches, though. That's But really... What matches have been? Fun. When was the last good match that involved the Undertaker? Uh, the last, I mean, it depends on what your level of like. Are you talking about like the the Triple H? Yes, Triple H was the last time. Well, no, I mean Punk was after that, so Punk was much better than. Oh, well, not. Nah, I'd say Punk was better than the second Triple H match. Um, Punk was Maybe. Punk was a good match. You could make a case of the SummerSlam match, while not a classic. The the Lesnar SummerSlam match was a fine match. Mm. It was a fine match. You can make that case. I, I think it was a fine... I don't think it was a great match. It was, And I thought the ending was terrible. But as far as how he looked, how they both looked as wrestlers, I thought that they was fine. Yeah. Uh, I, one I, of us. I'm concerned about this upcoming match. Well, fine. I'm concerned about every time The Undertaker... St- I mean, I'm concerned fair. about any time a 50-year-old goes into a ring. I'm concerned about what you think you're going to get. I... I I don't know. And maybe that's why a Roman Reigns Undertaker squash... Would make sense, right? And, like if, and if if that's you know, again, if you're trying to make Roman Reigns a super heel, heel right? Then you you retire him in a squash at WrestleMania. Well, they won't do that. They wouldn't do that to the Undertaker. There's no way they do that to the Undertaker. I just to, you can't do all of this and to have that be the end. As much as it would make wrestling sense, they I don't think they would do that. I don't think there's any. I, way. I think they I, would I agree, be before the Rumble. I agreed with. Yeah, you. I, I think there's too much reverence for the character. I think that this is Triple H or this is Vince McMahon's ultimate creation, right? Like this is this is everything that he's had is the Undertaker. I don't think they do it to him. I just, I just don't think for no other reason than I don't think that Vince could bring himself to it. Like he is he forced the Undertaker to be his bitch a year ago because it's his, right? This is my thing that I have right. that ultimately can be tied to me. There's no W, you know, like there's no. Right, right, right. No, I, I see what you're saying. I don't, I don't know. Huh? I don't know. I just, just watching him on Sunday made me, it was the first time that I legit, I thought New Orleans made all the sense in the world. If, if not beyond New Orleans, you know, you kind of go full circle with, he lost his first WrestleMania match there. He lays down the boots there. I, I really, for the first time, I wonder if he gets there. All right. Um, finally, what, you wonder if he gets there. I'm not not living okay. wise I, I, as a wrestler. Okay. As a wrestler. Okay. <laughs> um, finally, <laughs> wow, like I was, Jesus, that was a dark Jeez. turn. Finally, um, just something that there's a, a bunch of different percolations that are out there. There's a few variations on this. We've talked a lot about Conor McGregor and also a lot about Ronda Rousey. Over the course of the last two years, dating back to Ronda Rousey's appearance at uh, WrestleMania in San Francisco 
And there's just further percolations this week involving both of them um, and a litany of different stories. Let's start with Ronda Rousey, who was addressed um, in passing on Raw this week in uh, Paul Heyman's promo. Not nothing that was direct. Just she came up. Um, and any but anytime someone like that gets brought up, especially if they've had right, relationship a history, in the past, yeah. you, you, it makes you wonder a little bit. And there's a few other things that sort of surround it. Roman Reigns spoke about Ronda Rousey this week, said that uh, he thought that she would be great in the WWE. Um, Dana White has hinted at the idea that maybe Ronda Rousey is just going to retire after she's lost her last two fights, and the bloom has completely come off Ronda Rousey at this point. Like, I don't even think that you can sell her as a main eventer at this point. I don't think you could build a pay-per-view around her. Maybe there's still enough interest you, that they you could, could. You could you could have her as I think a co-main eventer if, if you have another solid match right. there. But she's not going to be the one match card that she used to be. Correct, correct. I agree with that. Um, there's a lot of bluster when it comes to Ronda Rousey. There's a lot. Now, I'd be very surprised if Ronda Rousey wanted to be a full-time WWE performer. No, absolutely not. I, I just I, I can't fathom that. We we know she wants to do movies. You know she you know she's getting out there and she doesn't need it. Look, now there's something to be said for has has her losses also hurt her a bit as a marketable star in general? A bit, yes, but I don't think it's completely fallen off. I don't, and certainly not to the point where I think that she's going to run to being a full-time performer in the right. WWE. Now, could you be could it be more than just a one-off, right? Like is she at a point where it might be good for her a Survivor Series to Mania run type something deal? like that, right? Or or for like a year popping up Getting a Brock Lesnar schedule? Yeah, say she comes up for the the big four or whatever. Something like that? Sure. I could I could see there being value in yes. that for Ronda Rousey. I think it's interesting. Um, it also comes at a time where Conor McGregor, uh, he did this event over the weekend and confirmed that he has talked to the WWE about making an appearance. Now, he's in a far different position, obviously, because he is still the most bankable star in the UFC. He is essentially all the UFC kind of has at the moment. I don't think that's forever. I think they'll, they'll, they're gonna get John Jones back and we'll see if John Jones has a second life in the UFC. There's other guys that... They you know, could be, but as of now, he is the only guy who is a... A, a sure th- thing. Yes, a He's sure the only thing. sure thing the UFC yes. has at the moment. Um, that's, that's undisputable at, the, at, at this point. Um, so, if he were to do something, it would have to be way more of a Ronda Rousey-like appearance from two years ago, where he could show up, he could cut a promo. He could do something like that. Set but, up something for a year or two down the line. Uh, I don't even think you can do that right now. Well, not, not necessarily directly, but you plant the seeds for it. I'm okay. Saying. If you want to do that, you can. But I Well, just like Ronda planted the seeds. and Yeah. I guess, but I, I guess, right? I hear you. Yes. Connor, there's so much out there, right? Like, that once... His, once his bloom ultimately comes off, and don't forget he did lose Nick Diaz last year. Like he, he did it. He came but back. But then he came back and, and you know, quote unquote beat him. And like technically, I think he deserved to win the fight. He, but he de- I think he won the fight. I don't, I don't, it, it, it was at not, best. It was a draw. I, I don't. I don't think you argue Diaz won that fight. I don't necessarily disagree with that, but I. I think it was closer to a draw than it was a McGregor victory. Like I, I on, on my scorecard, right. I, I had it as a McGregor win. I think ultimately, at whatever point the bloom starts to come off the rose, there he tries to cash in on the Mayweather thing first. Like that's the first thing he yes. tends to do. I think the WWE is well down the line for Conor. But McGregor. if you know, I, I do wonder if Vince and 
Dana are more open after the Brock thing. Right, if they're if they're could, could could Connor show up even when he's fighting? Oh, absolutely, could show up, but there's but, a big but difference. Could he, between... could he fight? No, I don't think so. I don't think they do anything that risks injury to Connor, that's, Connor that's McGregor. We're talking about because any way that Dana White signs up for something that risks injury to Connor McGregor at this point, I just don't. I can't fathom that. All right, is this your way of telling me you've got to go? Pretty much, you're, yes. You're such a. You truly are the worst. You are a dick. Hey, I, 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 I see the fiance calling, and I know exactly you what said, she's saying. You said I had another thirty minutes. I said three fifteen. No, you didn't. You said three thirty. Now, the moral of the story is that we're going to wrap up for the week, and we had a great, uh, great, a uh, lot of good content this week, so that's fine. All right, um, you are on Twitter at the Aoster. We are on Twitter at Jobbing Out Show, and the uh, email address which we need you. Yes, please, please, if you're. If you're thinking you might want to come. It's Any, just that. Anything if, at if all. If you think that, hey, if you have this, I might be interested, right. email us. I'd like to get a list going. February 28th February is 20th. the date. Yes. If you have any thought at all that you would want to hang out with us, that, that if certain things fall in line, you could hang out with us. I get it. It's not as appealing as the summer was, but like, if there's any thought whatsoever. And you know what? If you have, especially if it's that week and you say, oh, my gosh, you guys, you should be doing this instead. Throw it out there to us. I, I don't know if we can make it work. Yeah, at this I don't, point, I don't know just, about that. But just it's throw any thought at all that you yes. would want to be involved in our celebration. Please, please, please let us know. Jobbingoutshow at gmail.com. And that way we can uh, sort of make some plans. Uh, what do you have coming up at the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone? Uh, if you missed it, check out my interview with Kyle O'Reilly from Rolling Stone this uh, this past week. It, I, I got good response on Twitter and everything. People seem to like it, so uh, go check it out. I said a lot of interesting things about where he might be going next. Um, I mean, if you read the article... Japan seems like a really interesting possibility. He just couldn't stop raving about Japan. How about that? Which uh, would make sense for his style, but you know, you never know. As he said, it also seems like he's sitting out there. Why wouldn't the WWE just scoop him up and throw him in NXT? And then that's the thing. I think if, right. I think if WWE calls, as he said, I'd, you know, course, the, the mania moments, everything, but he also doesn't want to be made into a nanny when he gets there. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, uh, I'm on Twitter at Glenn Clark Radio. Uh, GlennClarkRadio.com is my website. Thanks again to Dalton Castle, and uh, thanks to Rod. Hate he hate me smart for Aaron and for the main event. AJ Francis of the Washington Redskins. I'm Glenn. This has been jobbing out. Jobbing out.